Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, beer drinkers. Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source, only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. There you are. I love that intro. It's fun. It is. I made fun of it last week, though. Yeah, it was, that surprised me. Because <laughs> it sounded like a monster truck it intro, does. and I thought that was a little cheesy. But then I was told, to, I was told afterward to keep it. Yeah, you should. Dr. Scott's back with us today. Yeah, it feels good to be back. Oh, we missed you. <laughs> hey, guess what, everybody? Guess what? John was on time today. Yes. <laughs> was he on time last week? No. He was, uh. What about the week before that? Like an hour late. No, you weren't. You're late then too. <laughs> I was on time. Lots of lateness. Even Dr. Scott. Well, if we had started the show on time, Doc would have been a, a minute late. Hey, I got the motorhome in the driveway at four o'clock. Yeah. Well, took a shower. <laughs> That's amazing. Sipped on over here. <laughs> uh, I had a lot of traffic, uh, coming through Santa Rosa and Petaluma. Okay. Yeah, for those of you who uh, didn't listen last week, so we missed Dr. Scott last week. He was on family vacation. Uh, the funny part is, though, that he actually planned the end of his vacation uh, to be back for this week's show, <laughs> which is always nice. I'm sure it went over well. He's like, you know, honey, we really could just camp a couple hours north of Concord on Saturday night, <laughs> which is pretty much what you did, yeah, right? I, I don't blame you, Doc. Yeah, we spent the last couple nights in Willits. Oh, okay. Then, yeah. Uh, My uncle used to own land out there. It's beautiful. Did you hit that brew pub that uh, Matt told you to go to? Uh, I hit the brew pub. Okay. Because that was right across from, we were in uh, Pacific City, Oregon. Okay. Over in the coast. Gotcha. Pelican yeah. pub. Pelican pub, yeah. Mm. And we were actually, they were actually brewing when we were in there. Nice. And, did, you uh, meet, did you meet Darren? No, no, they looked busy and, and sweaty and tired and didn't look like they wanted to talk to any customers. Uh, you were a tourist. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and then uh, he, he he mentioned the other one, the uh, something tavern. Yeah. I saw it. Oh, you saw it? Yeah, it looked like a lean-to, kind of a <laughs> scrap, scrappy place. That's the other place to drink in Pacific City. Good beer? I think that's what he said, that there was only one other place. Uh, I was mostly drinking at my campsite. Oh, okay. Your own beer? 
No, I'm better. Yeah. That a boy. <laughs> Okay, with us this week, just in case uh, you've noticed strange voices coming from the studio, uh, it's finally the Vinny Show, the Vinny Chalurzo Show. Everyone's been waiting for it so we can talk about uh, Belgians, and uh, I'm sure we'll get some IPA questions in there. Vinny, say hello to your fans. Hello. Thanks for having me. Cool. We're glad to have you here. Uh, where did you travel from today? From uh, home up in Russian River area? I did not. I've been in the city oh. for the uh, weekend. It's uh, the Tornado's 18th anniversary. You're hungover, I'm aren't you? Very man? hungover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. In fact, um, Dave uh, Keen, who owns the Tornado, I'm staying with he and Jennifer for the weekend, and okay. Natalie, my wife's rolling in today. Uh, he forgot me at the bar last night. <laughs> oh, beautiful. He left. <laughs> uh, I was there at last call, and <laughs> I go, "Where's Big Daddy?" That's Dave Keen's handle. Okay. Everyone calls him, and they're like, "Well, he left like half an hour ago. He just stumbled out of here and said, I got to go home.'" Wow. And oh, uh, I woke up this morning, and he leans into my room, and he's like, uh, "Sorry, I forgot you at the bar. <laughs> Sorry about that whole I left you thing. No problem. Still friends. <laughs> uh, still friends. And tonight we're throwing him a fiftieth birthday party. Nice. Uh, I, uh, I flew in uh, one of his favorite bands from San Diego, the Dragons, oh, to, to play the birthday show tonight. So uh, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a big weekend and weekend of I'm drinking. Taking taking tomorrow off. There are bar owners from all over the country ah. that are uh, come in. A couple bar owners from Texas, uh, Louis Mello from the Liars Club in San Diego okay. drove up, and uh, Don Younger from the Horse Brass came down. Nice. Jack Joyce from owns Rogue is down. Just, just a slew of people in town wow. just uh, for this event. Uh, That's cool. Eight, 18th anniversary at the Tornado, and uh, all right. He's 50. I turned 50 yesterday. It's a well-liked so. guy getting all these people. I, it blew me away when we set this thing up because we only it only came together a week ago. Okay. So literally, these everyone just made their flight plans last minute. Gotcha. Well, that's great. Nice. Good friends. Very cool. Well, you missed the Hangover show. That was a couple weeks ago, so you're on your own with the Hangover. <laughs> oh, I've got, I got something to say about that. Yeah? The I, gave, I, I gave you a lot of crap for uh-huh. being hungover, and I tried to get you to start drinking again. Yeah. Last time I talked to you last week, yeah, uh, I was at a brew pub in yeah. in uh, Portland, and from that point on, I I managed to just get shit. <laughs> <laughs> last I, Sunday, you're talking. Last about. Sunday, so okay. I woke up Monday, uh-huh. in a world of hurt, oh. and I hadn't felt like that since I can remember. Okay, I I wanted to order one thing, and that was a twelve gauge in one round. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I all I could think of was you and all yeah. the crap I was giving you, uh-huh. and you know what? <laughs> I am. Sorry, officially sorry. <laughs> karma. Uh, that, I appreciate karma, it. man. I appreciate that. Have you ever? Have you ever? Uh, we we have this thing where we drink Duval when we're hungover. Really? And when you're hungover, Duval is the most amazing hangover cure. Interesting. We we do this all the time, and uh, I I had wow. one this morning when I woke up. You did, and uh, I absolutely did. And sometimes it's a one Duval, two Duval, or a three Duval hangover. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and and this is another Big Daddy story. They were in uh, England, I think at Young's Brewery, mm-hmm. and one of the family members of the brewery um, was hungover as all hell, and they're supposed to be there for an eight o'clock tour, and they walk into uh. his office, and he pulls out three glasses, and instead of pulling out, you know, English beer, he pulls out three duvels for ah. you know himself and Dave and whoever else was there. Okay, and uh, so now we uh, we drink duvel for really uh, for breakfast. And right, it is the hangover core. cure. The things I wish I wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. I'm I'm usually all for the you know only one way to cure a hangover you know solution, and that's that you have to you know start drinking again. But Doc, man, that that week I just couldn't do it. I oh, I, I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to drink. Yeah. I, and we ended up going to. A McMinimins on the way out to the coast. 
there's so many tap handles. I wanted none of that. <laughs> I barely got food in me. Yeah. Once I got food in me, I was doing a lot better. Yeah. Well, we had Marin Brewing Company in here that week, and he yeah. brought a bunch of beer. I couldn't have any of it. I took one sip, and uh, that sip it. almost didn't stay down even. Yeah. It was rough. I'm, I'm expecting wet. to see Arnie tonight. Uh, <laughs> Are you? I'm, okay. I'm hoping. I left him a message, told him about the party. I ask him about the hangover I, show. I will. And, and he'll go, uh, oh, man. He wasn't doing too good himself, actually. Yeah, he yeah. said he was a little hungover, but... Uh, I looked like the Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Didn't you have Roger uh, from Drake's recently? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Roger was in. Although he came in on a good night. We were raring to go, and uh-huh. he brought in all sorts of good beer yeah, for us yeah. to drink. Uh, he, he killed me and John. Yeah, was, <laughs> that's true. That was their first drunk show. I was yeah. making fun of these two by the end of the show because they were just hammered. Yeah, we I mean, <laughs> got hammered fast, yeah. too. Yeah, well, he brought, like, bourbon barrel aged. Scotch ale. Yeah, yeah. Scotch yeah. ales yeah. and... Uh, port barrel aged scotch. Well, on the third one, John finally asked what the ABV was. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I was a little busy too. <laughs> oh, I already got questions coming wow. out from the chat room. Chat I'm going to hold off uh, a little bit on those. Uh, let me take care of some business real quick so that we can, um, just get rolling. If you're just joining us and maybe tuning in for the first time, there is a chat room available. It's a pain in the ass. I apologize for that. It doesn't, uh, it, we're, we're updating it. As usual. Um, but you can go log in. Don't register. Log in as a guest. Pick any name and put two numbers after it. Doesn't matter what it is. If you want to be, you know, stupid, 007, put that in. That'll work. Um, and then you get into the chat room. And that's the best way to get questions to us. So if you got questions about Belgians, which is going to be our main topic of discussion today, yeah. you can chat in those. Uh, you can also call 888-401-BEER. And uh, you can talk directly to us or uh, Vinny and ask your questions that way. Um so, yeah, there you go. I think that's all you need nice. to know. Go to the chat room if you want to really participate. Uh, sorry if it's not working for you uh, the coming weeks. That's all I know. Yes. All right. Uh, let's we're see. We're still working on that. Let still me recap. Yeah, we're still working. Although I talked to somebody. I think I'm, I'm, I'm planning on putting our website up Tuesday, I think. I'm going to start tomorrow. And I'm not promising you it's going to be Tuesday, but I'm pretty much done with my part. I've built the website. And yeah, took it oh. upon yourself. I well took it done. upon myself. I built it myself. Um, and now I just, I've got the archive section ready to go. I got a buddy helping me put the archives. Well, that's what I'm doing okay. tomorrow. He's helping me put all the archives up tomorrow. So every show is going to be available. Um, uh, I got some pictures that are going to, that I'm going to put up. There's going to be a gallery from like my trip to the Portland Brew Fest. There's some studio pictures. I'm hoping Tuesday. That's, uh, I'm just, I'm hoping. I believe in you. <laughs> I'm going to work on it all day tomorrow. Tomorrow night, I'm going to meet with this kid. He's going to he's gonna help me put up the stuff so that I, I, I make sure that what I've done is going to show up properly on the other end. And I'm happy with it. I think it looks good, actually. Well I mean, it's not the best website I've ever seen in my life, but it's definitely not the worst. Like <laughs> the one we have up right now, that's the worst website I've ever seen in my life. Uh, no, but it's, we're used to it's it. It's pretty good. It's yeah. familiar. It is familiar. And it, you know what? Actually, some people did comment about our page. The one good thing about our page that's up now which is just a splash page you can listen to us it's the easiest page on the planet like it's cut and dry right you you read what it says in the top and you click the button that says listen and that's it uh i've tried to mimic that on the new site but because we're adding other features you know you're going to have to become acquainted with it but it's still going to be fairly easy to use your listen buttons are exactly the same and what you've all been waiting for the archive page is hopefully going to be in full working order will we be able to keep track of that uh, you mean like how many people yeah. are downloading it? Eventually, maybe not by okay. Tuesday when I get it up. Okay. I mean, I'd like that to be possible. 
Captain Numbers over there wants to, uh, and I agree, we need to know that. But uh, right now, I, my pro- I, I was planning on not even putting the website up until I had finished every little thing 100%. Well, this is our fifth time at this. But, so. but I can't w- if I wait for that, the thing's never going to go up. That's true. All right, so I'm going to put it up. It's got the main page that I'll be updating and telling you what's happening. There'll be a calendar. You can know. You can always look and see who's coming in. Uh, we'll be able to keep them updated about what our discussions are going to be. And, and and then, like I said, the main thing, the archive page. So I'm, I'm really proud of you. We're hoping. Well we're hoping. Well uh, like I said, I'm not guaranteeing anything because it's always that last part when I think it's all done yeah. that something happens with some other idiot I'm working with and it doesn't work. So that's your own fault. <laughs> it is always the other idiot. It's because that's how I like things. <laughs> now you're the idiot. Now, but exactly. Now if it doesn't go up, I'm the idiot. Yep. And I'm at least I'm happy to because I can't cuss at the other people because they've offered their help. They're actually been very generous and and just things happen, right? Yeah. But I can cuss it myself. So if it doesn't work on Tuesday, you can be sure I'll be standing in the mirror calling myself all sorts of names. They have your email. <laughs> yeah, and now you can go straight to me. And I'll still just say, uh, what do you want? Uh, they're asking in the chat room, will they be podcasts? You walked into that one. They're going to be MP3s. I can guarantee you that they're going to be waves and MP3s. The podcast might take me another week. I contacted somebody about a program that I can get that will actually, uh, because I didn't, I didn't, we haven't distributed our shows yet in podcasts. We just broadcast them streaming, and we archive them. You have to actually run them through a podcast program for them to be podcasts. So I'm in communication with a company who's who's talking about giving me their program that I just basically throw my MP3 into the program. It turns it into a podcast. Nice. So, yes, podcasts. Tuesday, probably not podcasts, but let me get the archive page up, and then I'll make that my, my first priority, is turning them into podcasts for you guys. And, you know, you could probably do it yourself. If you download the MP3 onto your PC, and you know how to use podcast type of things, you could probably turn it into a podcast yourself, too. So, But uh, that'll be my next priority. Let me just get the page up that it's downloadable, and people can listen on their own time, and then uh, podcast, you, you, uh, I'll, that's my next priority. All right? Well done. <laughs> I'm even, I'll tell you, I'm even skipping. I got to put banners up on the page, right? And like, I'm not a big fan of banners or anything, but we got to pay for this stuff somehow. Right now, uh, John and I are uh, you going know, broke. <laughs> yeah, we're spending some cash uh, on this whole thing, and, and we need to make some revenue. And we're going to come up with a, duf- a couple of different programs. We do to a do beer that. stand on the corner. Uh, yeah, we just going to sell our I, beer. I, on the I meant to, you know, say I haven't gotten paid in weeks. <laughs> yeah, uh, your checks Doc, in the you're mail. You're retired. <laughs> uh, maybe you need to update your address with our uh, paycheck oh, that, department. That, 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 that is you're on the IOU. Yeah. In our thirty. <laughs> our paycheck department is at empty desk right over there, by the way, Doc. So just <laughs> talk to them. Donations too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm even. Uh, what I'm saying, my point here is, uh, I do have to put banners up on the page, but I'm even skipping that just to get the page up because I don't have a banner program yet. We haven't gone out and 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 really searched for the advertising we need because I want to make sure everything's in place and our numbers are right and we're really offering a good service to our advertisers. Uh, so I'm even skipping that stuff for you guys just to get it up there. So no banners, nothing. Like so, you you should enjoy the website while it's fat free because when I put it up, there's nothing there except for for. Beer audio. I like that fat free. <laughs> it's totally fat free. Yeah. Uh, but then in the coming months, I will bombard you with. What's you your know, waistline at now? 
Uh, I think it's the same. We we did it last week and it was the same. Danielle is not here this week okay, to so uh, measure. to measure my okay. belly. Although we're, we're gonna measure beer belly. We'll have maybe we'll have Silky and Nate do it. Vinny, we're gonna have to measure your belly before you go because we like to keep a, a running archive and then when you come in the next time, we like to see how you've been doing in your training. Yeah, so, I uh, see. So <laughs> we can treat a deal. All right, so all right, I think that's the business end of it. Um, Last week we had Colin from Downtown Joe's. Just want to say thanks to him again. That was a good show. Um, yeah, really he was, informative. He was a cool guy, and we did get lots of information out. Mm-hmm. And of course, Chris Graham, uh, one of the owners at, at B3 and teaches at the Siebel Institute of Technology. Good archive. I don't know if you guys listened to that. It was a three-hour show. Yeah. Uh, wow. um, I there was a to couple. It three times. Chris, Chris had a few drinks. You oh, can yeah. tell by the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, he gets loosey-goosey. That was nice. Um, so that was a cool show, and uh, we talked all about refractometers. So um, that's going to be a good archive to check out. Do you out. use a refract, Vinny? A um, little bit. Not really. Okay. Uh, I've I got guess. one. Um, <laughs> I tend to uh, take a sample and then uh, chill it, use a hydrometer. Okay. So... But uh, I wonder if it's going to become possible just to drink a sample of your beer and kind of know what your gravity's at. You know, like do you think anybody's that talented? You probably is. You probably know by now. <laughs> you brewed enough. Uh, you know, I don't know. That's uh, I. I can guess. Yeah, I, I can come pretty close. Okay. Yeah. Because that's you, where you have I want to get. Samples of wort in the back. You're going to test me on. <laughs> I, I, brought, I brought a sample. John brought a sample so, of wort. Yeah, we should have him drink uh, it before you tell him what it's at, uh, okay. just to see. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm only asking that because uh, I think that uh, hydrometers and refractometers are all a pain in the ass to me, and yeah. I'd rather be able to just have a taste and go, hmm, perfect. What are your, what are <laughs> you know? <laughs> we uh, at Blind Pig, my first brewery, yeah. ten years ago, we broke our hydrometer once, and we were so poor we couldn't even afford one. Oh wow! So we just went for like a month without one. Did you? Yeah. And just assumed that it just was assumed it was all good. Yeah, <laughs> very nice. Tasted good every time. That's yeah. all that matters, so, right? I mean, Nobody wants to know what percent it's at. Come on, I mean, does it think, taste good? Yes. Think in the old good. days when they didn't have a thermometer, they just took their finger and put it in and went, oh, it's probably good enough. Yeah. Well, you know. Right. Yeah, so see, that's me. I'm old school. Keep it too I'm much going science back. for you, yeah. buddy. <laughs> I'm going back to the stick your finger in it yeah. days. <laughs> you know, I, I like you that. still use that yeah. for a lot of things. <laughs> for a lot of different things, <laughs> not just brewing. <laughs> Whatever I can stick my finger in, just to see if it's right. Yeah. <laughs> you dirty man. Yeah. yeah. As long as it doesn't come out stinkier than when it went in. It's you know okay. what I'm saying? All right. Yes, uh, sour ale. So today, like I said, we are with Vinny Chalurzo, and, and he now owns and runs and, and brews at the Russian River Brewing Company. And I'm going to switch formats of today's show a little bit. Usually I wait to do the interview uh, at the end of the show after we do a bunch of silly things. But I've trimmed the fat off of this show, and we're going to go we're gonna go right into the Vinny interview and uh, talk to him because he's got a, a, just a wealth of knowledge. And there's a lot of buzz about you right now, Vinny, in the industry. Uh, you know, you, you might want to pretend you don't know that, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, it would look cooler if you did that. But uh, your name comes up an awful lot. A lot of uh, brewers know you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you uh, in my interviews that I did at the uh, Oregon Beer Fest, I, I interviewed probably I don't know ten different uh, brewers and and magazine guys, and uh, and one of my staple questions is, what are you drinking right now besides your beer? And uh, almost everybody mentioned your wow. Vinny's beer. They're like, well, of course Pliny, you know, we're <laughs> drinking that. Uh, and it, you know, if you ask a good question, who's brewing um, some good and original stuff right now? Your name comes up almost every time. Um, I don't know if it's because you are, are traveling around all the time and really getting to meet a lot of these people, or, or if your beer's traveling ahead of you, uh, because just a lot of people are talking about you. 
I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah, we're uh, we're traveling an awful lot this year. Okay. And uh, I think I've been to the East Coast five times, four times this really? year so far. It's wow. been a crazy schedule. Um, I found out later after the Portland Brewers Fest that Pliny the Elder ran out on Saturday. Yeah. Which, which blew me away. Yeah. I saw I saw Don Younger yesterday from the Horse Brass, and mm-hmm. uh, he was down for the Toronado party, and he goes, "It, you know, everyone was talking about it, and so it's very flattering." And uh, and how many kegs was that? Twelve. Twelve kegs in Twelve kegs. Uh, three days, right? Yeah, Thursday, so Friday, Saturday. Thursday, Friday, and I heard midday Saturday was gone. Yeah. Wow. I had it on Friday. Blew me away, and uh, I didn't bother waiting in lines on Saturday. So, so no, I, I left uh, Friday night, so okay. I never even saw Saturday. You're listening to a bunch of guys talk about beer. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. I should remember to turn the microphones off next time we take a break. Yeah, I was kind of humming. <laughs> you don't like my voice? <laughs> I think I was on too. I can't remember if I was talking during the break or not, but I like that. I think that way, like, what if we were just insulting our listeners during yeah. the break or something? Like, that, would, oh, that would never happen. Bunch of idiots. <laughs> and then it all, we thought it was quiet. Uh, that's just... That's, Freaking chat room. This is stuff <laughs> movies are made of. We're learning. <laughs> no, we wouldn't do that. No. That's funny. You get a little insight into the studio. Mm. It probably sounded boring as hell. It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> us. It was Vinny. Yeah. <laughs> just chatting uh, away. I'll have to remember to turn that off next yeah. time. All right, uh, so we're back here. We're with Vinny Chilerzo from the Russian River Brewing Company, um, who is well known for a couple of different things, and and one of them right now is his Belgian style uh, ales, which he's brewing in abundance and doing all sorts of experimental different uh, uh, things going on, and and producing some really great ones, becoming well known, I think, in the in the industry yes. for that, as well as his hoppy beers. Uh, so I'm realizing that this, the way this discussion I think is gonna go is, uh, it's gonna be half Vinny talk, half Belgian talk all at the same time, I think. I, I don't think we're gonna be able to taste these Belgians and avoid talking about what they are and where they come from, uh, while at the same time finding about you, uh, out about you. That's fine. Okay. And we're starting with, uh, something that is our kind of staple. Okay. Uh, damnation. That's our, our base Belgian beer. It's a 7% alcohol strong golden ale. Okay. And it's, uh, made with, uh, basically all Pilsner malt. Okay. And uh, a little bit of sugar added, maybe 5 or 8% uh, dextrose sugar. Okay. Very simple recipe. If, uh, we, if we were to make it any stronger, I would probably say it was a triple. But we, okay. but it, it's a very dry beer. Okay. It's not yeah. a sweet. It's hoppy. It's light, too. And, uh, Sugar just to boost up the alcohol content? Yeah. Okay. And to add that, uh, that dry effect with okay. no unfermentables left so that there's no sweetness. Uh, mo- most of our beers are dry. That, okay. that is a focus in everything we do at Russian River is okay. we want to be dry beers uh, for, for several reasons. One, in the brew pub, it's it's more food friendly. Okay. E- even though we just do pizza, dry beer and dry wine for that matter, they're more food friendly. Okay. Uh, it's a uh, it's a much cleaner beer on the body. Uh, you know, the body has a hard hard time uh, digesting unfermentable sugars, right. which translates into hangover. Uh, that, that, that's what killed me last week. And when gotcha. you when you drink sweet beers or sweet, uh, you know, foofy drinks at the bar or whatever, uh, yeah. and that's why I don't drink those. Uh, they're just a, they're just a reason to get a hangover. Gotcha. And, uh, so dry product is really a, a baseline. And a lot of times our beers end up tasting very light bodied because of that, and they're very light on. The, and that goes for our hoppy beers and our our Belgian okay. lineup. But uh, but being bone dry 
is is just such a uh, a great way to drink beer and make beer in in right. my book. Okay, you know. it's that- a good beer. It, okay, so you you call this damnation strong golden ale. Um, it's it's a Belgian double though. It, no, it, it's, no. A, it's it, not. It's a strong golden ale. That's all it style. is. Okay. That's yeah. a category. Yeah, okay. that's a category. The uh, the most famous strong golden ale in the world is going to be Duval. Okay, we didn't uh, we didn't necessarily pattern this after Duval, but it was the inspiration. Okay, and uh, but truly the the first. Uh, American-made strong golden ale I tasted was Prankster from okay. North Coast that basically said to me, mm-hmm. you know what, this can be done here in the states, mm-hmm. and uh, and Prankster is a pretty great, uh, pretty great beer in my in my book, and uh, this it started out uh, as a homebrew recipe as most of my uh, beers did, okay, and and do, and I was starting out using uh, I wanted to make an amber double kind of beer, mm-hmm. and when you buy the the uh, candy sugar, the Belgian candy sugar from the homebrew shop, it has different colored lobby right. bond, you know, color levels. Yeah. And there's light and amber and dark. And so I think I was using amber or dark, thinking that it was going to add a bunch of color. And it didn't add any color. And it just made this blonde beer. So that's actually how the recipe was created. <laughs> and we, and in the end, it was like, well, this is pretty damn good. And I, I brewed it five or six more times and uh, couldn't... Uh, Stop brewing it. Couldn't probably. stop brewing it, and I loved the flavor. And I was like, okay, we'll chuck the idea of making it amber-colored or a double style. Let's just leave it as a golden mm-hmm. so that the idea shifted. But we didn't have a name for it yet. So I sat on this homebrew recipe for a year. This is why we were out at Corbell in, okay. our, old, uh, in our old life, as, I, as I'll say. Mm. And uh, I was driving home one day, and there's this band. Uh, it's a swing band, Squirrel Nut Zipper. Mm-hmm. And they have this song, Hell. And in the middle of the song, they spell out damnation. They get uh, D and the A and the M and the A T I O N. And it was like, boom, that's it. And that was, that's where the name came from was, nice. was that. Cause you know, a strong golden ale in Belgium, you know, there's Duval, which translates roughly to the devil and, okay. and uh, and there's Lucifer and yeah. Satan and Delirium Tremens. And so it's kind of a tradition nice. in, in Belgian culture to, uh, give the beer kind of a curious, silly, diabolical name, or satanic, and you could say. It could be that too. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to hell. So then, uh, so then we made. Uh, then it instantly was like, oh, redemption. That's going to be the next one. Uh. And so we went to Belgium and uh, got inspiration for it. And uh, so now we make redemption, which is a Belgian single. So it's kind of the little sister to okay. uh, to damnation. Okay, it's a four point eight percent, and we're going to start bottling that here in the next uh, few months. And when we bottle that. We're going to bottle it uh, just like we would normally, except we're going to spike the uh, bottling tank with Britannomyces, wild yeast. Okay. So when you drink the beer young, it's going to taste just like it does at our brew pub, which is a very uh, uh, light-bodied, malty, 4.8% alcohol, blonde beer. But if you age it for six, eight, nine months out, it's going to start pulling out a Brett character. Okay. So it's, so it's going to be one beer initially, and it's going to turn into something else nice. down the line. Two so, beers. That's yeah. a good would idea. Would you blend that later? Would you blend it with another one of your lambics? Uh, no, okay. we're, we're just going to pitch. And I, if we get around to it today, I brought a bottle of that too. Yeah, and taste sure. it in its with its Brett form. So mm. this particular beer is is really tasty, actually. Uh, I just a little description of it. Also, uh, it's got nice carbonation. It, it's very carbonated, I would say, uh, which is true to style. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. Very very true to style. Pretty pretty nice. Uh, you know, head on it. Yeah, tons uh, of head retention, and also yeah. you get that lace going down the side of the glass. Yeah, it's it's um, uh, it's it's more malt. And most there aren't really too many Belgian beers that are real hop forward. Okay, but this is this is probably. Uh, a pretty uh, balanced uh, oh, hop in the, I know. I'll, <laughs> use, I'll, I'll use the word. I, <laughs> I more just like to give the East Coasters crap about it. But, um, but, we, but this is 100% bottle conditioned. And, and to me, that's key to making 
good Belgian beers. Okay. Uh, draft Belgian beers aren't as good, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit that our Belgians are better in bottles than on draft at our brew pub. Why okay. Is that, you think? Uh, I think the uh, bottle conditioning lends towards a, uh, a whole other level of complexity, okay. and uh, and we've we've purposefully picked a, a special yeast to bottle condition with. Uh, we don't just use the same yeast that we uh, brew with, and that most of our Belgians are brewed with the. Trappist yeast from White, which I think is 500 or something very similar to that. Although we have a private strain of that that White banks for us, uh, that's if someone was to homebrew, right. trying to hit some of the flavors that we do, that's that's what it is. I even brought my White Labs catalog today because yeah. if yeast came up, I would like be able to hit the numbers because I, I only okay. know them by name and yeah. The, uh, but what but we what we do to finish the bottle conditioning, and we do this with all of the beers, the Belgians that we bottle, we actually use a wine yeast that uh, started out as a native wild yeast in Sonoma County. Okay. And so we, after we filter the beer, we pitch sugar and yeast to the, uh, you know, to the tank, and this yeast is uh, from a winery called William Selliams, and mm-hmm. they're known for making fabulous Pinot Noirs. Okay. And so this is a, a wild yeast that started out as a, at a Zinfandel vineyard, though, that William Selliams eventually picked up. So I kind of like to think that there's a little bit of Sonoma County in every nice. every bottle because the bottle condition yeast is a, started out truly as a wild yeast that was on the skins of grapes that they, uh, as a wine, the winemakers, and cultured, sent it to a lab, and then I've got my hands on it. Okay. But it also, we, we do that so we can raise the temperature of the bottle condition and get it up to 75, 80, 85 degrees sometimes wow and it's that it's that uh, increased temperature in bottle conditioning that really helps uh, create a whole nother level of complexity the, the yeast the yeast is uh, adding a whole nother level of flavors that weren't there from the main yeast okay that did the primary fermentation so is there a length of time that you leave your actual beer bottled conditioned at the temperature yeah we uh, we bottle condition for typically two weeks at uh, and to be honest our warehouse isn't the best place to bottle condition because it's pretty, it fluctuates quite a bit. Okay. Long term, we want to build a warm room. And then, you know, that's, that's a part of growing our business though, is trying to make better beer yeah. as we go along as we can afford it. You okay. know, and, and we don't have space for a warm room. Maybe in a year or so, we can afford to rent some more space and put a warm room in and be a little more dialed in and more direct. Mm. But, but we bottle condition, uh, it doesn't leave the brewery for a month, basically. Okay. So this is a, this is a 20, about a 28-day, 25-day process cycle, start to finish, and then we bottle it, and it sits for another month okay. before it leaves. So we're. Uh, How does it age in the bottle? Uh, every everything that we did out at Corbell, damnation wise, we would always bottle, and uh, it would it would age for years, three wow. years. Wow. And we have we have something on the side of the bottles. If you look, uh, there's a. Uh, a set of hourglasses on there mm-hmm. and in our world an hourglass represents one year you okay. can go to our website and get all this information and what's the website and, and Might and well it's uh, com. okay and uh so that's that's an indicator to a consumer to look at our bottles and say, oh well, this will age for two, three, four years, whatever the number of hour, hourglasses are on there. Okay. And then we also have batch numbers on every bottle. Nice. And then on our website is uh, is our bottle log, and you mm-hmm. can go and check out the bottle log, and see that oh well, batch one damnation we undercarbonated because it was the first batch. Okay. And we didn't quite know how much sugar to add right. and okay uh, and and so everything has a batch number on it and that's, that's mainly a great for idea. the beer enthusiasts to yeah. um to, to essentially be able to age our beers because these beers will age especially when we get in some of these barrel aged beers mm. i stole i stole the idea from uh, rob todd from allagash brewery okay mm-hmm. and then uh, he and i were sitting on a beer panel at um, the uh, spirit of belgium which is a big homebrew conference that the burp homebrew club back on the east coast puts on and 
so I was I was up there explaining our whole thing, and I said, "Well, I've got to admit, I stole the idea from uh, from Rob Rob Todd, who's sitting next to me." And I said, "But I took it one step further. We added all this stuff onto our website, so mm-hmm. we didn't just have the batch number listed on the you know on the bottle. We we then take the information, you know, brew date, bottle date, and mm-hmm. everything I just said. And yeah. then he looked at me and goes, "Well, I'm going to steal that from you." And, uh, <laughs> and nice. it. So we shook on it, and that was good. That's a good so, idea. It's a, it's kind of a wine connoisseur's approach to to good beer. You know, yeah. where, where you can really find out when you know what's its peak. You know, when you'd yeah. want to drink it, and 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 when it's past that. Or, and, or you could actually look uh, up the things and find out which batch number you would really want to go hunting for. Yeah, exactly. And and these are cork finished too. We should yeah. mention so they're. Uh, they're very traditional and nice. look uh, a cage, hood, and wire, just like a champagne bottle would have. Okay, uh, that from your Corbell days. Uh, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And just I like tradition. Yeah, gotcha. you know, there's something uh, cool. They do look about, pretty. There's something cool and, and, about a pop instead of a absolutely. Yeah. So. Let me get to a couple questions uh, from the chat room. You here, don't need an opener, if, if I may. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about uh, you know how dry the beers are and, and good food pairing that way. Uh, could, this goes someone, great with cheese. Yeah, you guys are eating. A little, we got a little fancy cheese going oh, on. Oh, and too. you know what? This and this is awesome together. It's from I'm gonna have France. to. I'm gonna have to do a little bit. Of, what you got? A little brie there. Is that what we're? Is that what kind of cheese you're eating? Looks no, like brie. It's a gooey stuff. Yeah, I think it's, it's some good stinky cheese. I think it's probably a brie yeah. of some sort. You are the stinky guy. Yeah. So. Um, Someone wants to know uh, what what do you consider dry, dry uh, in a in a grab in a final gravity perspective? What's a dry beer? You know, in uh, in my world, one point oh one two or lower mm-hmm. is going to be dry. Okay. Um, there surprisingly, there's a lot of uh, craft beer out there that uh, finishes above that. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting as a home brewer to go out and buy some, you know craft beers that you mm. see um that, that that finish high yeah. in, in gravity and and there's no i'm not knocking those beers sure. some of them sell you know just tons and tons of of uh, of cases and, yeah and um so they're basically a lot higher than you would expect them to be out of a dry beer yeah, sure. yeah. but uh so that's uh that i mean even going back to the hoppy beer Pliny the Elder is finishes at one point I think oh one two or one point oh one one. Okay. You know, for beer that's that hoppy and bitter, that's, that's, that's really finish. dry. Because most yeah. brewers go the opposite. They they say, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the finishing, the terminal gravity mm-hmm. higher and, and the It's a balanced and, thing again. And the conventional thinking in Belgian brewing is that Belgian beers are sweet. And Belgian beers aren't that sweet. When you when you go to Belgium, hmm. they are they are pretty dry beers. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just that they ferment the beer so warm okay. that you get fruit accentuated flavors. Okay, but they finish them dry, okay. and, and the Belgians do believe that. And uh, Stan Hieronymus, who uh, is the editor of RealBeer.com, mm-hmm. he's writing the next of the series for Brewers Publications, and it's Brew Like a Monk. And so I've been involved nice. with him interviewing and stuff okay. like that, and we contributed a strong golden ale recipe to it, and that was what he came away. In looking at American-made Belgian beers and then the real deal of okay. Belgium, that their their beers are dry, right. and, and most American brewers are making them too sweet. In, okay. If you're trying to be traditional, yeah. So. I finished a a, blonde, a hoppy blonde ale I brewed, one of my best brews, uh, at below ten. It was like nine or eight. And it, the finish was so dry that it actually felt like it just evaporated off of my tongue after you finished, after you took a drink. It just vanished. It we'll was just, gone. We'll just wait till we get to a couple of these next beers. Okay. The sanctification yeah. is, uh, I think, what finishes at 1.008. The temptation, which is 
with Britannomyces wild yeast, that finishes at 1.006, and uh, that is a that's it, it's not going to ferment anymore though. We know that. Right. So my tongue is dry already. Yeah. <laughs> I got a couple sugar questions from the chat room. I have a um, what types of sugars do you use in your Belgians? You um, mentioned real quick. Yeah, we use uh, dextrose, which is corn sugar. Okay. And uh, we used to use, uh, when we started out, I tested everything with, uh, uh, what's it called, the Belgian candy sugar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, expensive as, yes. as all heck. And uh, I couldn't, um, you know, from a professional standpoint, you know, there's there's a business aspect. Yeah. And, you know, brewers that say, or brewery owners that say, oh, we spare no expense, you yeah. know, they do. You have to look at cost of, of goods. And any any brewery owner that doesn't look at cost of goods... Isn't um, going to be an owner very long. Isn't, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it doesn't mean you have to use cheaper ingredients. Yeah. But there is, you know, if you can, you know, in my world, and I'll be the first to say it, if I can find a like ingredient that, you know, in this case in sugar, mm-hmm. there's no difference in flavor profile. And so we, we started out with that, and then we went to uh, turbinado sugar, which okay. works pretty good. And, and I do like using turbinado sugar in our darker Belgian beers. So we, we make some darker uh, and amber-colored Belgians that I still use turbinado because the turbinado really lends this great, uh, rich, um, and it's not a clean flavor, which, okay. is, which is nice. And uh, it, it's a little bit uh, dusty and dirty in flavor. But on the lighter colored uh, Belgians, we just go with straight dextrose. It's, okay. it's inexpensive, and turbinado sugar is, is is very inexpensive as well. And and now you can buy it at in in right. somewhat of a bulk quantity. I mean, you don't have to go to Starbucks anymore and you know right. steal like a hundred packs. And, I mean, yeah. I've seen it at the and, grocery store too. Yeah, it's at the, the grocery. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, you know it's coming in like one pound container. So for home brewers, turbinado sugar is great, and it's, okay. it's turbinado sugar is raw and unwashed. It's it's basically an unrefined uh, sugar. It's not as uh, as, as uh, processed. It's okay. still got, it's got molasses component to it. Okay, so, so that's yeah. that not clean flavor that you're getting. It's, out of it's, it's basically about. raw sugar. Yeah, okay. and I like it. I like it a lot. And it used we used to use it in damnation, but um, eventually we we found that we were really wanting a very clean, crisp uh, flavor in okay. the damnation. So we've switched, but th- those are the yeah. those are really the choices. Uh, what about Starrite beet sugar? You ever use anything it, like you that? You know, um, I, I believe if I remember correctly, uh, Rob Todd from Allegash has that in his um, one of his new beers, and he told me about it. I've never used it though. Okay, but but I'm not sure if that's the one. There, there's some sugar that he used that uh, comes packed in. You know, some other ingredient. I mean, it's, it's, okay. it's crazy. I, but I'm not sure if that's it or not. But I've never used that. Okay. So fair enough. John, you got a question? Yeah. W- do you bottle condition like once your fermentation or primary finishes out? Do you stop it at a certain point and then add your dry yeast to your bottles? Yeah. Or do you we, add sugar back? To we uh, once our our basic process is fermentation's complete. There's no more. There's no more activity. Okay. And let's take damnation, for example. It starts at 1.066 or 1.067, finishes down at 1.011, 1.012, somewhere like that. So basically 10.11 or 10.12. It's a 7% roughly in that range. We chill it for about two weeks at 32 degrees, get the yeast to fall out. And then at that point, we filter it. It's it's, it's funny. It's the only beer we do filter. And, uh, And then we... Add back uh, a liquid slurry of yeast and sugar. Okay, and, and uh, that's your wine yeast. That you're and that's back. the wine yeast that you add back. So if you try to bottle, if you try to steal our yeast from the bottom of our bottle, right. it's not. It's, it's not. We haven't removed all of the uh, Trappist yeast, right, the white Trappist yeast, but a good portion of it's been removed through the filter, and, the and you're going to end up fermenting with a uh, 
with a wine yeast and not a uh, how, how many microns? How many microns do you usually filter down to? Uh, this uh, for this we filter the three, which isn't that. No, it's not that. That's not uh, yeah. you know too too fine. The um, again, it's a flavor profile. We mm-hmm. we tried it going unfiltered for a while, and there was just too much of a muddy flavor going on between the old yeast and the new yeast. So, but mm-hmm. and, and what's interesting, you know, the bottle condition that we learn, I guess, the hard way initially is that the in home brewing, it's uh, you know the old standard three quarter cup per five gallon, hmm. which works pretty damn well right. on a five gallon level, and that works out to be I think point eight ounces per gallon. I think that's I think that's how it works out if you equate it out and break okay. it down. And we're now at like point nine six or something. So it, it it's not it's not linear uh, to the scale. Linear. Up, thank you. That's the word. It, yeah. We had to end up adding more. But when we started bottling, we didn't want to be over. Okay. It would have been death to be over. Yeah. Under, we could live with being a little bit undercarbonated. Yeah. And then we went through a cork uh, phase. Uh, we actually, if you look at the sanctification uh, here, guys, it's, it's a different cork. than and, and our old cork is like a real traditional champagne cork where okay. it looks like uh, it looks just like a champagne cork. The new ones uh, are much lighter, and it's just basically cork dust that's been uh, glued together and then yeah. um, with a silicone seal. And this, uh, this it, almost, it almost looks like a synthetic grade. cork. Yeah, and, and the new corks aren't synthetic. They are natural, but it, it's been designed specifically for our Belgian bottle. And our Belgian bottle is the same one that uh, Chimay and Duval and Ama Gang and Uni Brew. So, so we we kind of got clued in that, hey, there's a cork made specifically for our bottle. And then all of our specialty Belgian beers go into these little tiny champagne 375 milliliter bottles. Does that preserve your beer from oxidizing long term if you were to age it out? You think just a tighter cork on it? or The, the tighter cork does, yeah. Okay. We, we've we had trouble with uh, some of our batch one damnation. Mm-hmm. And I think we say that on our website that, uh, you know, we're short on CO2 in some cases because there was leaks. Right. Gotcha. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple more questions about, actually one might be a comment about the dry and gravities. Um, I guess the first question it looks like is, is, is 006 okay? And do you spike with PGA? Um, what was the P, uh, I'm not sure I understand that either. Uh, 006, say it again? Yeah, 1.006. It's with a question mark, yeah. so I think he's wondering if that's an okay, but you're saying under oh. 10, so. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's really, yeah. really dry. I mean, one, one of our goals in Damnation mm-hmm. is that we get it drier. Okay. I'd like to see it get a little bit drier mm-hmm. than this. Maybe not 1.06. I'd like to see it constantly get to like 1.08. Oh, um, so just a couple low. points uh, lower than where we're at now, a few points lower. How would you do uh, that? And um, we'll probably uh, work with maybe a little more sugar, okay. more uh, Percentage-wise? Yeah, and, and less malt. Um there's one. There's if I'm if I'm to be critical on my own beer, mm-hmm. there's a little bit on damnation. There's a little bit of a, um, and it's way in the back. And I'm I'm being super critical, but it's a little bit of a vegetative flavor, which is from the Pilsner malt. Okay. And we've been dancing around trying different Pilsner malts, but we're also adjusting our kettle boil. And right now, this batch five is what we're drinking uh, was a 75 minute boil. Okay. And so, I'm I'm wondering if if we're getting a tiny little bit of DMS because, uh, which DMS is a cooked vegetable flavor, 
because I've shortened, I've cut 15 minutes off the boil. And right. We've done that to try to pre- keep the color super light because the okay. longer we boil, the darker it's going to get. That's the double-edged sword with the Pilsner malt. Yeah, yeah. What was the uh, second one? The P. The second part is do you do you spike with PGA? And I don't even know what that is. Uh, I don't know. It's, P- oh, it's a pure grain alcohol. It was a joke. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's what it said. <laughs> you should spike it with PGA if you don't. Yeah. Um, okay, the other thing is a comment that I'm not sure I understand either. I wonder if it's another joke. Uh, I don't think that below 148 you can get the proper enzyme activity. Is the comment? Um, hmm. As far as a malt uh, yeah. rest, ask if they can clarify about that. As far, yeah. Yeah. As, far as a mash uh, rest, yeah, that's all they said. And See if you can get a is little that clarification. That's a pre gravity reading, or no, that's a mash rest mm-hmm. temperature. Yeah. Oh, 140. I, I wonder so if that was actually something else going. So on. one one that was it 148 meaning like. That was the temperature, that, I think. That, is that your mash temp? or uh, Our mash temp for uh, damnation is 151. Oh, okay. And um, we mash we mash um, redemption at about 148. Okay. So redemption is lighter bodied mm-hmm. and uh, obviously lower in alcohol, too, uh, which, as I said, redemption's a little sister to damnation, 4.8% alcohol. And uh, I don't, we don't mash anything lower than 148, so... Okay. Uh, I don't agree with that, though. I know. Do you ever exceed one fifty one? I know brewers that that go at like one forty six. Oh wow! And make a really light, you know, beer. Right. And a brew pub that maybe is in a market that, uh, you know, isn't as advanced as our market is. Hmm. I mean, we're we are so fortunate in the Bay Area and North Bay, where I'm from, to have the beer culture we have. Absolutely. And um, and I I mentioned earlier I travel a lot this year and. It's crazy getting out to some parts of the country and tasting what they have there. Mm. And, you know, still areas of the country where there aren't craft beer at all. Right. And um, so uh, so some markets have to make a real light beer. Yeah. And, and, and that's okay. I mean, it's not what we drink. Yeah. But I understand where they're coming from from a business standpoint. Yeah, to have to do that. To have to do that. And it's a transition beer. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, and the great parallel is the wine industry. Uh, people don't. People start out, you know, a lot of people started out drinking white Zinfandel. Yeah. And then they moved on to Sauvignon Blanc and Chardonnay. And and then from there, they maybe try reds and right. start with a light red. And, and you know, you don't, you rarely go backwards with wine. And I find the same with beer. Yeah. And we're, the craft beer industry is uh, is up 7% from last year. Yep. And all signs so far this year say that the first six months of this year were up 7%. Hmm for the first six months. So the craft beer industry is on this great ride right now, but it's not like it was back in the, uh, you know, the, I guess that was the mid nineties mm-hmm. when it was double digit growth. I mean like 30, 40% growth every year and right. every, you know, every brother and sister and family were trying to get in the industry thinking that they were going to make a ton of money. Right. Yeah. And, but it's and also, even though it, it may not be that big, uh, 7% is also coupled with a decline in the big beer industry, yeah. in your Budweiser and your Coors yeah. and your major industries. They're actually experiencing one of their first declines in yeah. years. In years. And, so, and, you know, uh, in all, I think, uh, it's gonna. It's a trend that's going to continue to go, yeah. but it's a healthy growth. Yeah. And what's more important is that the uh, the craft beer industry has. There's been sort of a calling out, and and those breweries that weren't making good beer yeah. are no longer in, or there's very few breweries now that aren't making good beer anymore. Right. And uh, and and there's been a resurgence in home brewing. You know, in the last five years too. I think it seemed that for a while there was a little bit of a 
a dip, and and now you know it seems homebrewing is really strong yeah. too. So it's uh, coming back quite a bit. But uh, but it all comes down to quality, and yeah. that's you know that's why we homebrew. It's why professional brewers do what they do because people want more. Yeah, and it's you know it's the good beer, the good wine, the good food. You know, it's good. It's everything artisan and uh, right. What are you trying yeah. to push as a brewer? Like. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now, Russian River? You know, it's funny because uh, Tommy Arthur from Pizza Port and I talk a lot about what's next. We're, you know, the double IPA thing is already kind of, it's happening and I've been a part of it. I've, it's kind of weird to be sort of noted as being the first person to ever yeah, brew a double IPA to create a style, which I think is crazy. Yeah. You know, I've done the wet hop thing a lot and we're still growing hops. In fact, we're harvesting this uh, Thursday. So nice. I'm, I'm recruiting. I need I need tons of people to come help me pick hops. It's, I'm harvesting tomorrow. Uh, but I've only and, got two. And it's a great <laughs> it's a great beer and you know these barrel age beers we're doing and using Brett and, and people are scared to homebrewers are scared to use Britannomyces yeah. and yeah. you know ba- bacteria and stuff. And and rightly so. I understand where they're coming from but yeah. uh so what's you know in the future i think a lot more barrel beers okay and uh, and getting them accessible i would i would venture to say that i hope that in maybe five years when we have a production brewery maybe temptation uh will be available uh year round as a you know it's a barrel beer that is accessible that's maybe not quite as expensive as it is right now for right. us um but uh a lot of stuff with that and uh well, when- more more importantly i think is is getting our beers out in the bottle, in you know non Belgians, mm-hmm. but not just getting them out, getting them out so they're stable and that they have good ageability. That's okay. that's maybe where you know you may see us as a brewery focusing more on putting a good bottling line in, and that's why we don't bottle Pliny the Elder. Right. Is that we we couldn't do it justice right now. The beer would deteriorate in the bottle too hard. Gotcha. And I've, I've seen too many other breweries doing this. Yeah. Where they're they're bottling beer at whatever cost, and uh, or at you know at no cost. Yeah. For that matter. Yeah. And the hops just drop out, and that's why we only bottle Belgian beers right now because they do age well, they bottle well, and they are a little more forgiving. To be totally honest about you're, it, you're, I think that's so. a smart move. Yeah. Uh, uh, we we've talked about this before on the show where. Um, you know the beer that you produce, and then the beer that that ends up getting distributed are are very often two different things. But you really only get one chance sometimes, right? I mean, it, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sometimes a little more forgiving, but but not very. I'm only forgiving by length of time. So, for example, if I try somebody's beer, like say your your Pliny that was bottled, uh, you, you know, it's not. But but for example, if I tried it and I didn't like it very much, I wouldn't be buying another Pliny for a good five or six years before I would say, ah, okay, let's see what's happening now. Yeah. So that's but. But it, I think you're right that a lot of other shot. breweries aren't waiting around for that shot because they're they're, they're kind of feeling like, hey, if we don't distribute, what are we going to do? We're not going to we're not going to make it anywhere. So and I you know I I've uh, I've learned a lot from the wine industry and I really do try to look to the wine industry and see that a good product's gonna it's gonna sustain and I know the customer base will wait and um, they'll 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 be around when we come out with it and i know that our beers you know when we do bottle the non-belgians mm-hmm. we want to put them out and have the integrity and um there's but there is uh there is still some uh you know some beer being put mm-hmm. out through the craft beer industry that uh yeah 
that isn't uh, that doesn't have ageability. And when I mean ageability, I mean that it needs to at least have a shelf life of a certain period of time yeah. to let to let it go through the distribution channels and. And, and that sort of thing. So I hope that that's what we can do long term is is make a very stable product. And I I consider myself more of an artistic brewer, okay. and not as much of a technical brewer. I have very little uh, education in brewing. Everything is hands on home brewing. Okay. I've taken a few classes at Davis, read a lot of books, but you know I'm, I'll be the first to admit that I'm not a very technical brewer. Okay. And trial and, and error. And a lot of trial and error. And but I but I, I what I do know that I'm good at is I truly understand the flavor. Uh, give and take between hops and malt, and that's 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 I think where the artistic side comes in. And when we do build a production brewery in a few years and get distribution ramped up, uh, the first thing I'll do is hire a very technically skilled brewer hmm. who has the background to uh, to to bottle hmm. beer and make it technically sound, and also run a lab. Right, the lab is is the backbone to to good technically sound consistency consistent beer and that's why sierra nevada pale ale is so flipping good in the bottle yeah regardless of whether and i do that when i travel science that's my uh it's my little game i play with myself anywhere i go in the country when i'm out doing beer events speaking i'll always buy a bottle of sierra nevada pale ale Ah, and just see how good it is Uh and it's always like it is at the at you know back home nice so good and that's my inspiration is, uh, you know. I drank Heineken on the East Coast. It was great. Yeah. West Coast, not good. Really? Yeah. Uh, uh, someone wants you to speculate. Do you uh, think that craft beer will ever hold a 10% market share? Yeah, that's the big uh, thing in the industry. Two years ago at the craft beer conference, Kim Jordan, who uh, her and her husband owned New Belgium, she, mm. she made this, she made the statement that uh, 10% market share. And, uh, you know, I, I actually do. Yeah. I can really see the uh, the ball rolling. Okay. And I can see how, you know, it's it, it, it's a lot to get there. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're talking about having to. Someone did an analysis once of having to build, like, you know, 20 breweries the size of Sierra Nevada to yeah. get there. Yeah. So it probably won't happen in our lifetime. But 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 what I do think is more important than that, and, and I think the 10% market share um, is a little bit uh, of a daunting number right now, mm-hmm. but I think what's more important is is just profitability per barrel. Is that if if the consumers want to keep drinking craft beer, they need that the brewers need to be profitable. Because if we're not profitable, there's there's you know that's what business is is mm-hmm. to be profitable. Yeah, so absolutely. So you know looking at looking at saying okay, well we're profitable uh, and we're doing good and. The whole industry is doing good. I think that's more important than um, than trying to hit this goal because it can almost be, uh, you know, too overwhelming and breweries could start doing crazy things like dropping their prices. Yeah. And that's the worst thing for our industry is, yeah. is price posting and, you know, Safeway with their scan back cards and, yes, uh, and right. that sort of thing. And that, that kills the profitability. The integrity. And, of it too. Uh, and it does. It really hurts the integrity. And yeah. there's... You know that's that's something we don't do. We don't okay. we don't give discounts. We don't do anything. You know we don't price post, uh, which is legal discounting right. in in the state of California. You know, okay. We we won't do that. So. Do you see Belgians taking you into the future? That's I mean, that, that's that's really our that that's where we're focusing on. We know that that hoppy beers will be a big part of our component, right. and forty percent of our distribution is uh, Belgian or production is Belgian beers or barrel age. So it's quite a bit. And uh, we want we want to really grow this segment, 
And uh, we just uh, opened Sanctification, which is a... Yeah, I'm just looking at the bottle now. It's a totally different flavor beer than the other one. It's it's another uh, 750-milliliter bottle with a cork in it. It's uh, 100% fermented with a wild yeast called Britannomyces. Okay. And Brett, for short, we'll just shorten it to Brett. Um, We can look at the bottle. There's a ring on the top yeah. where the beer line was yeah. that's that's the uh the the film uh and you can yeast. see it in the glass as well and uh and the film yeast uh, forms on the neck of the bottle and uh is that because it's fermenting in the bottle it's, it's continuing to ferment and the bread is continuing to work so the Britannomyces is an oxidizing uh, wild yeast that ferments at a very slow pace and if this beer is kept out at room temperature it'll it'll get over carbonated oh and uh and how long would that take um I know there's bottles on the East Coast that are. <laughs> gotcha. So I shipped some beer back to an event I did back there, and okay. they, were, they were pretty lively. Gotcha. One, one bottle, uh, the cork was pushing, so I decided to do, like, you know, I'm, I just won Daytona yeah. 500 yeah. NASCAR. <laughs> I shook the bottle, and the cork shot up, like, 50 feet in the air. Beautiful. And beer went everywhere. and I don't Everybody think the, I don't think the beer stores were too happy that I was just, like, acting like I was Jeff Gordon or something, right. you know. Right. But um, but I, I it was funny. You know, it's one of those things you always wanted yeah, to try with yeah. a champagne bottle. But, uh, but this... But this is, uh, as I know it, there's only two, maybe three beers in the world fermented with 100% Britannomyces. So okay. uh, conventional brewing is uh, you use a yeast called Saccharomyces, which is used to ferment beer, wine, make bread, so on and so forth. Britannomyces is considered an enemy. It's the it's the antichrist of mm. yeast. Uh, and and if you look on the, if you read the back label of sanctification that says who's afraid of the big bad brett nice. winemakers wine are keep your enemies closer and we uh, and and so we say to I say to winemakers you have to embrace the wild yeast yeah and, and the flavor is a little tart and sour and when we started making this we started with three different strains of brett and brett's really interesting because there's all these winemakers don't even know this when they come in and I'm, I start talking about this strain of brett or that that strain of brett. And, and Britannomyces is hard to describe because it's mm-hmm. in winemaking it's described as uh, barnyard, uh, horsey, horsey, yeah. uh, leathery, earthy. Hmm. Uh, a winemaker from Southern California once described it as wet dog in a foam booth, which oh. is the best description. I don't know That's what the beautiful. hell it means, but it's cool. Wet dog <laughs> in a foam booth. Yeah. And he has this, he had this Texas draw in his accent. I'm going to write uh, a song that's called that. S- yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, but, so, so there's all these different strains. So we started out fermenting this with three different strains, and then we cut one of them out. One of the strains called Anomalous. Uh, is very pineapple-y. Okay. And Pizza Port in Solana Beach, uh, Tommy Arthur did a collaborative beer with uh, Peter Buchart from New Belgium, and they called it Mo Better Breta. Nice. Using 100% Brett, but they used 100% of the Anomalous, and it was just a, it's a, it's a great beer. It's very complex, probably a lot more complex than ours is. Someone wants to know what strain is in Sanctification. And Sanctification is now a blend of Brucellanus, which is the main strain for Orval, which okay. is a Belgian Trappist beer. And it's got a second strain called Lambicus. Okay. Lambicus, uh, Brucellanus is, is a very straightforward. It gives you, uh, you know, the kind of barnyardy, uh, leathery character. And then Lambicus is a strain that's more like musty cherry pie. Lambicus is more what you, you'd uh, associate with Lambic okay. beer, hence the name. And uh, White Labs just released a fourth strain. I think there's five or six strains that are cultured, but they just released one. Uh, Klaus, uh, I have to. I brought a White Labs uh, <laughs> book, so I'm going to have to cheat here. Uh, Klausinini, maybe I think it is. But um, but then when we as we started to uh, drop out the um, the 
anomalous strain. We had two. It still was missing something. So it, and what it ended up being was uh, an acidity. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want to just add lactic or phosphoric acid, which is kind of cheating. So we um, spiked the fermentation with lactobacillus, which is a true bacteria, which in, in its own right should be. Uh, yeah, shouldn't be, yeah, you should be scared when you're adding <laughs> that sort of stuff. But yeah. um, so, and and that really made the beer adding really? the lacto to give it a nice sharp acidity. What part of the fermentation did you throw yeah. that in? Pri- primary, right, right at the wow. beginning, because yeah, that can go. How do you keep your brewery sterile? How do you keep it yeah, separate from your ale? That's the main. Uh, that's the main question we get from brewers and uh, winemakers. We have uh, totally separate sets of hoses, pumps, uh, filler parts. Gaskets, hmm. everything. We so we literally have two of two everything. Brewer, you have two breweries. Yeah, I mean, other than the tanks, like the sanctification, we'll do a primary fermentation in um, a uh, you know one of one of the regular fermenters that we have. But we have separate valves. I mean, anything that's porous, we have double of. They get switched out. Okay. Well, and, all, all uh, these descriptors of you know, we've all heard them. The horse blanket, yeah. the the wet the wet dog thing. We've all yeah. heard of that one, and it just sounds horrible yeah, that, yeah. but it tastes great. but when you taste this, this beer good. almost everybody has tasted that flavor in beer before mm-hmm. and if yeah. you tasted a belgian beer you tasted that flavor and that's the flavor that it is and and you, now you associate that it's not such a scary flavor yeah, yeah. and it's, oh i've tasted that before so that's what that is there's yeah. and i just got a uh, i just got a sample of beer from uh, goose island brewery in chicago they're okay. a, they're a hundred thousand barrel brewery or fifty thousand barrel they're a Big wow. operation. Mm. They just made a uh, a Britannomyces aged beer. Nice. They ran it through their bottling line. Um, uh, Jennifer from Squatters in uh, Salt Lake City, a little brew pub there. She just made a Brett beer. I think she did 100% fermented. So there okay. is now more than just two or three of us uh, okay. doing it. But it is happening. Yeah. And uh, brewers are getting less scared. But it's so weird, you know, for lack of a better term, it's a weird style. And, and, and if yeah. you're a beer drinker and, and have never had one of these... The first time you try it, it, it definitely takes some getting used to. But you can really pick out several different flavors that are in the beer. And that's what I have come to like about these kind of beers is that uh, it's it's really a complex beer. Yeah, it's and, super complex. There's yeah. lemon flavors yeah. and um, it's like lemon zest and right. a little, lot of fruit. It's very refreshing. Yeah. It's, uh, and a lot of things you, it, that are hard to describe yeah. exactly, you know, because you want to say sour, but it's not really a no, sour. It's, it's mixed with sweet as well. And yeah. it, it, there's really so many different flavors. It's kind of it's exciting to drink because you're not just dealing with malt and hops. Yeah. And uh, to 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 get into a beer like that is well, it's, so it's not over. It's not an overwhelming flavor that you you take a big swig of. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, maybe three <laughs> or four or more. I'll get used to it. Yeah. No, it's like wow. Oh, that's different. Yeah. And take another drink. And, well, I'm going to explore some more. Yeah. I'm really impressed with the malt backbone in this. Yeah. Because there's bugs in it and it's. Got a yeah. lot of body to it, and we and that's a, we always call them bugs. That's good that you say that because uh. we always use the term. But uh, yeah, the other white, the new white labs is uh, Clausini, and that's a, uh, a basic version of Anomalous, and it's supposedly the uh, strain that old stock ales had. And Michael Jackson, the famous beer writer, tells this great story about as a kid he would walk by the pubs and he would smell this hmm. what he now knows to be Britannomyces because okay. all the beers back when he was a kid had Brett. They were quote-unquote infected okay. uh, because the breweries didn't have any sanitation control. Gotcha. And so now he knows that, that that's what it was. 
And the best, the best, like layman way term to describe Britannomyces, this is, and I use this all the time when out doing educational public speaking stuff. Um, and this is Michael Jackson saying this again too. Saccharomyces, which is conventional yeast, that's like a, a dog. You can train it. You can, you know, teach it to fetch or sit, you know, or heal, whatever. Yeah. And it'll do it. You, you can basically, you know, teach this dog what you want to do uh, or what you, what you want it to do. On the other hand, uh, uh, Britannomyces is like a cat. If you, if <laughs> you tell it to come here, it's going to run the other way. If you <laughs> pick it up, it's going to scratch you. Gotcha. If you uh, you know try to pet it, it's going to you know <laughs> jump on you or whatever. And and, and it, all over you. And it's a great great analysis from a very simplistic layman term because it right. really is. Uh, Britannomyces is like a cat, and Saccharomyces is like a dog. Okay, yeah. one's trainable and one's not. If I get a cat nice. and name it. Yeah, Britannomyces. I, I decided to uh, to buy Britannomyces dot com too. It still doesn't go anywhere, uh, but, but we we, we own it. We own it. Just uh, and I've been meaning to link it to our website just because. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah, that is cool. That's so. very cool. All right, I want to do a couple things here, Vinny. Uh, I got a ton of questions stacking up here, so I got one question that you can take time to answer right now because it's it's for me. I like this. It's a question for the rookie, which is me. And I like that they want to ask uh, for my sake. You can take some time on this one, but the other one I'm going to fire them at you All right, and give quick. me quick answers All after right. that. So here's the first one, though. Uh, it's have Vinny explain the different yeasts for Belgians for the rookie, which is me. All right. <laughs> uh, essentially, uh, non-Belgian yeast, um, you can't ferment warm. If you do, uh, you're going to get, let's talk ales. Let's okay. not worry about lagers. But ales, if you ferment ales warm uh-huh. over 68 degrees Fahrenheit, you're going to get diacetyl, which is butterscotch buttery. Which I can't stand. Okay, uh, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, you know, I don't. Uh, I don't like that. So I brewed a batch you, of butterscotch. You get into, <laughs> um, but very interestingly, is uh, Red Hook has built their entire profile right uh, around the and slightly. And that's what I was trying to to brew. So, but I it just went yeah. too far. Yeah. So that's uh, it's very difficult to keep the acetal in check. I just don't like it personally. Do you so. do your trappist sale at seventy plus? Yeah. So that's where that's where the Belgian yeast can come into effect. Okay. You can ferment these things as warm as, you know, into the, uh, if you're doing a Saison, uh, DuPont Saison and, uh, farmhouse beer from Belgium's rented like 80 something or other. Wow. And, um, and so some of these Belgians will ferment. And if you look at, uh, White Labs or Y yeast, uh, mm-hmm. you know, fermentation temperatures, they're usually all 68 plus degrees. Okay. And, uh, damination is a pretty complex, uh, temperature. It starts out low. And then it, we shut off the refrigeration, and, and it ramps up. And by the time it's done, it's up into the high 70s. Okay. And uh, sanctification, what we're drinking, uh, fermented at uh, 80 degrees. So mm. it's a very warm fermentation. Same yeast? And, uh, Same alias? Uh, well, the sanctification was the Brett. Oh, the Brett. So, okay. um, but, um, so, so the Belgian yeast, I was talking about this earlier, Belgian yeast will lend a very fruit-driven yeah. flavor um, through warm fermentation, but the beer still can be dry. It doesn't mean so you can you can mash you know your your uh, your grain at you know one fifty one one fifty two, which is pretty low, okay, and not be too high. Get a dry beer. You're gonna get a light bodied beer, but most Belgian beer is light bodied. There isn't a lot of you know I mean unless you get into like West Vlederen twelve or Rochefort ten, these big giant massive ten eleven twelve percent alcohol beers, okay, anything at twelve percent alcohol is gonna be big, yeah, because the alcohol is gonna lend body. So that's you know that that's a quick descriptor of the of the okay. yeast. Oh, you know I'm I, I use very little Y yeast. I really am a White Labs guy. Okay. Um, I've I've been buying yeast from Chris White since before White Labs even existed. I used to buy it from him. 
Love's right. garage. Well, yeah, actually, it was, nice. he was propagating it out of the uh, the uh, biology lab at UCSD, and I would call him a couple weeks ahead of time, and he would propagate it. And he was only making yeast for ourselves, uh, Pizza Port and then Home Brew Mart. It's a little okay. home brew store down in San Diego. And cool. So I would drive to La Jolla, and he would call and tell me he was ready. And this is before the cell phone age, so I'd call him from the payphone. It was a total drug deal, it looked like. <laughs> I'd call him from the payphone down at the mobile station at the bottom of UCSD, and yeah. okay, I'm at the I'm at the bottom of the hill. So I would drive up the hill, and then he would I would give him a brown or he'd give me a brown bag with the yeast in it, and I'd wow. lay him cash. You know, there's two hundred dollars. That's and, brilliant. And he and I were both so busy because he was getting his I think his I think his degree is in like his PhD is like DNA toxicology or wow. something like that. You know, something you could use in like the O.J. Simpson case or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But um, so that's so I'm, I'm so look talking white labs. The Trappist yeast I, I've used a lot. The Abbey the Abbey is five thirty I believe. Mm-hmm. That has a higher and, alcohol. Uh, yeah, and it does. And uh, it's funny because Lisa and Chris White came and stayed with us. Uh, year or two ago and our cat's name is abby and so lisa started calling my cat 530 because it's because uh, <laughs> it's the abby Ailey. so now our now our cat has many names but um yeah and and white has several other strains but um but those are the two that i tend to stick with the the trappist tends to be very fruity and banana uh, but you can control that if you get it down into the low 60s and then the the uh, abby the 530 is real spice driven and will tolerate up to 15 percent alcohol okay so, do you ever blend uh, Nabby ale with like a Brettanomyces. Um, blend an ale and with wildies. Yeah, we um, we really haven't okay. done that in, in a primary fermentation. We've either gone all or nothing. Okay. So yeah. All right, you ready for the quick fire? Yeah. Quick. Fire. Let him <laughs> open the other bottle first. Yeah, and I'm uh, real quick. I'm opening uh, Temptation, which is a uh, blonde ale. I don't I don't necessarily call these Belgian. Uh, nowhere on the label does it say it's Belgian, but it's a blonde ale aged in Chardonnay barrels for a year with two strains of Brett. You're going to get a real flavor of uh, wine from the Chardonnay. Okay. Uh, you're going to get the Britannomyces coming through. You're going to get the oak coming through. It's a very, very complex beer. Sounds great. So, Good pop there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Have you ever fermented beer with just the wine yeast you use in bottle conditioning? I have uh, done tests, little carboy homebrew tests, where we pulled wort off, and it's very uh, grainy tasting okay. very very much uh, like a young lager okay and i haven't brewed a lot of lagers myself but that's what i associate it with it's very grainy tasting okay so not necessarily good but not bad either um what was the original serving method for belgians wood casks with gravity ah uh, gosh i don't know not sure i'm not sure i'm going to uh, guess that uh it had to have been wood cask but just because I think that's how most beer was, you know, in the day before steel, obviously before glass. Like 1300s. So. Okay. Yeah. For your Saison, do you use uh, WLP 565? Ooh, I'm, oh. I'm coming into the... Uh, check the book I'm, there. Going into the, I'm so glad I brought this. <laughs> Good I, move. And I, just, and I just got a new uh, batch of yeast uh, the other day. And this was in here, this new, beautiful white labs. Was that 565? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we use. That's which, what we use. Which is, but uh, we made one batch of Saison this year. We're going to brew it once a year. We call it uh, um, Depurate, no, Erudition. And um, I wanted to get, I wanted to be complex and funky and okay. crazy. So we, uh, it was 60%. I think this is the breakdown. I could be off by a little bit. It was 60% of the 565 and then 40% Lambicus. So our our saison is fermented primary. So I guess I do mix. Yeah, I just uh, yeah I forgot about that. Okay. Uh, so it is um, it is a mix. 
and we fermented it at 85 degrees, 86 degrees. Next year, I'm going to use a little bit less of the Lambicus and not quite as warm because it was pretty funky, stinky, and it took a long time for the funk to blow off in the aroma. The aroma was very, very um, out there, but I was blown away at how many people liked it, Okay, that that loved it, but it was a very complex beer. Want to know, the same question is, do you finish with California ale yeast to speed it up? No, you don't. Never, uh, never do that. We always leave it. I, I'll be honest. I have a hard time. I've tried that before with home brews back when I was home brewing a lot more. You know, beer that would stick, and you know, the fermentation wouldn't finish. And yeah, I've never had luck adding another yeast okay. to it, and I'm not sure. Maybe I just don't wait long enough or whatever. I'm impatient, typical American. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, want it all, want it want now. now. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be. A, there used to be this commercial down in Southern California. You want it all? You want it now? You want to be a contractor? It's like, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> yeah. So, but, this one does have a lot of champ. Sorry to interrupt. A yeah. lot of champagne taste on the temptation. Ooh. What yeah. are the two wild yeastings? Uh, this is uh, Brucellanus. And anomalous, Bruce, an anomalous. Yeah, okay. anomalous is the, uh, oh, the smoked character. Is the pineapple one, and then the uh, the brucellanus is kind of the more traditional. And and I still use uh, Y yeast brucellanus. I'm testing all of the whites um, new series of uh, they've got three or four Brett strains out now. But uh, I started with the Y yeast uh, Brett, and I've really stuck with it because I do really like it. Okay, and um, and I and this year I got rid of all of the barrels, the old barrels of Temptation uh, that had had beer in it for the last few years, and I started all fresh. We use a winery called Ferrari Carano. I get three, usually four or five year old Chardonnay barrels. So this year I have barrels with just Y yeast, yeah. uh, Brett, some with just uh, white, some with blends, okay. some with one strain, some with two. Uh, so we've really got a lot going on this year in our barrel room, and I'm really being a very meticulous about tracking the f- uh, the flavor of each one and we just write with a felt pin on the barrel okay then and we, those are already in the barrel a, already yeah next okay. year's temptation is already in the barrel it's about a nine to 12 month aging process if if i if uh if i had to say we probably left this in a little too long it was because we were waiting for the glass to get through customs mm-hmm. and uh, this little bottle that we get from france was a just a bear to get through, but now I know. I, know I love this beer. So yes. this is an awesome. So, it's a very complex, it's and this really is going to age really well. We've made this three times previous at Corbell. Okay, and I keep saying Corbell. I should say our brewery started out at Corbell Champagne Cellars in 1997, and they owned it, and they Correct. owned it, and they hired me as their consultant. Okay, and then eventually they hired. Me, I became their brewer. Okay, and brewed every batch that we had there. And Gary Heck, who owns Corbell, uh, decided to get out of the beer business. So okay. he gave me the opportunity to buy the brand. So my wife Natalie and I bought the brand from him, and now we run the business together. And that's Russian and, River. Uh, as and we that's, know it. that's Russian River as we know it. And okay. that happened in 2002. I think we left, and then we construction all 2003, and then we finally opened in 2004. Okay. And uh, and now it's been about 16, 17 months at okay. our current location in downtown Santa Rosa. But we wouldn't, you know, and, and looking real quick on the business side, we wouldn't be where we're at without the help from Corbell. Okay. Yeah, and, and normally big companies never, they always squash the little guy. Yeah. And in this case, Corbell was just the opposite. Was just the opposite. Gary wanted to see cool. it continue and grow and make it happen. So. That's good. That's he, good just, he just didn't want to be in the beer business anymore, and he mm-hmm. knew that I wanted to grow it. Mm-hmm. And so he gave Natalie and I the ultimate opportunity. And uh, and so we, I, I take care of all the brewery operations and 
pretty much Natalie does everything else, oh, which, nice. <laughs> which really makes her the backbone of the business. So, okay. you know, we have this joke in the industry, like, you know, all these brewers and like, Chris White, he yeah. doesn't, you know, he goes around and talks and you know, yeah, stuff. Lisa, Lisa White does everything at White Labs. So. <laughs> He'll be the first to admit you it, know, too. And, you know. Well, you're not invited next time. We want to talk to Natalie. Natalie, Natalie goes, she goes, yeah, you're the lead singer and I'm the drummer. I can't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. keep everything going. Nice. This is really good. It's it's it always amazes me how much a uh, um, a wood barrel's flavors can infuse into the beer. This is a lot like a champagne. That's yeah, very champagne. Um, it's very dry, what which is very oak? champagne. This is all we use all French oak, and we use we we do use French oak uh, as opposed to American oak because the French oak is more porous. Mm-hmm. So once the uh, brett, or if we're using bacteria as Lactobacillus or Pediococcus, once they've infiltrated the wood. It's just easier for the beer to get in there and to move around and uh, that sort of thing. And this kind of is a good segue. We're starting a new uh, program. I just bought four eight-gallon wine barrels, brand new, so it's new oak. But the idea behind this, and we just filled them last week with damnation. So the idea is that we're going to probably buy another 15 or 20 of these things in the next month or so mm-hmm. and have a, a mini barrel program going. And then what we're trying to do is strip all the oak out of them Eventually, we'll add uh, Brett and Lacto, PDO, whatever to them, and then turn around and sell those to homebrewers. So homebrewers can start making these at home these 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 crazy funky beers because that's the that's the thing with and so you won't technically be making or homebrewer won't be able to make something like Supplication or Temptation because these are beers that have have had wine in them before. But we we will will take the uh, process and we'll strip the oak out of it. Because if a home brewer buys the same eight-gallon barrel, brand new oak. it's, it's going to be too oaky. So we're going to create a whole new beer and basically probably be damnation on wood. Okay. And then and then in time, we'll have stripped enough oak out and then start selling these barrels to the homebrew community. It's a great do, they need, Hopefully. do they need to be filled up to the, like, topped off, or can you have headspace on them? You know, it's it's... It's, that's an interesting question. There's two trains of thought, whether you top your barrel mm-hmm. and whether you, you break the uh, the film yeast or you just leave them. In Belgium, they just leave them. Okay. And, and in the past, I've done it both ways, and I've found that it, it works either way. It just, you know... It, but if you do top your barrels and you have your little homebrew, you know, trigger, yeah. you want to put a what a three eighths inch ID uh, tube will fit over the the end of the spigot. Yeah. You want to break the uh, the film yeast just in one location. You don't want it to go splashing in there and break. You want that film yeast is very important. Okay, and uh, it's a it's a seal. It basically sorts? is a seal. Yeah, okay. and, and and the we, wild yeasts form that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And we and we we could have gone with five gallon barrels or eight gallon barrels. And the price difference, if you're going to put a year or two into something, hmm. and the barrel was literally only like 10 or $15 more yeah. for the 8 gallons or the 5 gallon, I just chose to buy 8 gallons, and we're going to run with that, figuring that a home brewer could do two half batches, Perfect. or they could do you know two full batches and have two gallons to top with, if, yeah. if they do want to take the topping method. Mm-hmm. But um, but the idea is to you know basically give back to the homebrew community and you know just sell these barrels back to the homebrewers. Uh, and already have stripped the oak out. And we haven't decided if we're going to sell them already inoculated or mm-hmm. just sell them straight and let the home brewer do whatever do he it. wants. So we, we, may, we may do a little bit of both so that uh, they come to the home brewer yeah. already seasoned. And uh, But right. it's going to be long term because it takes a while to strip. You know, I have yeah. a winemaker by trade background. Is... It takes forever. It's going to be really interesting. But 
it's like I tasted it yesterday, figuring that we would talk about it before I left the brewery to come yeah. down to the Bay Area for the weekend. And it, it's only been five days. It's brand new oak. You can already smell the oak really? in the damnation. Okay. And uh, I think I think we'll also do Salvation, which is our Belgian strong dark as well, because I think it'll dry out the, the tannins from the oak. is going to dry the beer out okay. a little bit. It's one of the few Belgians we do that that is sweet in flavor. Hmm. And uh, Avery Brewery from Boulder, Colorado, Adam Avery makes some amazing, just big, giant beers. I should I should get him in here one yeah. of these times when he's out visiting us. Uh, he's he's so enthusiastic about good beer and what he does, and he makes some crazy, funky stuff. And he just started a barrel program. I shipped him like 30 or 40 barrels. Uh, maybe a year ago, okay. and he put his Belgian quadruple, which is called the Reverend, in wood. No, no critters, no bugs or nothing. But in time, it fermented a little bit more, and the tannins dried it out. And he put it in a Cabernet barrel, so there nice. were some tannins from wow. the cab. It, and I, it, I like the Reverend. I really like the Reverend on wood. It okay, was really, really good. Okay, so so the wood, the wood thing is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm going to have a lot of fun with this. So we just got to find a home for the in a brewery for like 25 gallon barrels. Right. Uh, That's a great idea. And they're, and they're, they're like 200 dollars a piece. So I mean, it's not cheap. And so we're you know we're making a bit of an investment here. Yeah, it's going to take a few years, I think, to to pull this through. Yeah. Are you going to do different wild yeast strains in each one, or mixing, blending, or? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Oh. We haven't decided yet. I think uh, I, I know we I know I already have like 10 or 15 homebrewers that have already emailed me just in my casual conversations. Yeah. I had this idea when I was back at the homebrewers conference in uh, Baltimore this year, and that's one of the reasons I like to travel so much and go out and do beer education is that I it really gives me a time to be alone and focus on things. Mm-hmm. And I came up with this this barrel idea cruising around back and i had to drive from baltimore to boston which MapQuest said it was six hours ended up being like nine or something liars so they always are <laughs> oh they've yeah. lied to me for the last 10 so, days anyways but yeah, all right so you have a slew of questions i do there. but all i right. want to now now we got to take a break uh so we're gonna take a quick break and then i'm gonna finish my quick fire because they're they're still coming right. um yeah i got a and they're all random too so i'm just gonna hit you with a, with all, all sorts right. of different yeah. stuff uh quick break we'll be right back uh, we're with Vinny from Russian River Brewing Company. Uh, you can go to RussianRiverBrewing.com, and uh, I imagine you can keep up to date on this on this barrel um, uh, program you're working on yeah. too. Uh, you probably update about that. Just started it, so it's going to be some time. So don't don't get too crazy about it yet. But that sounds like a good idea. So all right, quick break. We'll be right back with Vinny from Russian River. The Brewing Network, saving your life, one beer at a time. I'm eating stinky cheese, and it's good. Stinky cheese from, like, France or something, right? This is uh, Alvino Drunken Goat from Spain. Goat cheese from Spain. Mm. Spain people. And then we're, uh, That's good. Some northern France cheese. That's good with beer. I'm, I'm, I'm all to, in that one pretty good. It's pretty creamy stuff. I'm also trying to finish off that That's open awesome. bottle cork, of sanctification yes. there. The cork thing is very cool. Yes, yeah, style, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, I got a couple things to get to here. Um... Well, I got a ton of questions, and I'm going to do this little quick fire thing to you. But first, we like to play a little game here called Stump the Brewer. And uh, the chat room, as usual, uh, is uh, much quicker than I am. <laughs> and they've already begun the game without us. Uh, but that's cool because we got, uh, I mean, Vinny was awesome. He brought in a, a few things for us to give away. We got three shirts, I think, to give away, right? Yeah, um, I thought those were mine. Yeah, so uh-huh. I've already got two Stump the Brewer questions, and I didn't even put it out there yet that we're going to play Stump the Brewer. You guys are awesome. You already know what we're going to do, so that's cool. So I got two questions for you, Vinny, and here's how it works. Uh, if they stump you, they get the shirt. 
If they don't, they get nothing. All right. Okay. Uh, and I and I already gave away earlier that I'm not that technical of a brewer, so <laughs> yeah. they're probably asking like some crazy. Well, which these is fine. ones are they should be up your alley in looking at them, although they're tough. But yeah. uh, they should be yeah. up your alley. Um, but it's all it's all good fun, um, especially if they make you look dumb. Uh-huh. <laughs> how do how do other brewers do? Like, um, well, basically. We always give the shirts away in the yeah. end. Um, we've we've had brewers both not be stumped, and and we've had some some stumped. So, well, they um, make it. No, they got good, 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 and then they hose. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they just throw out really random questions, right. but these are good. They're actually they're getting better and better at it every week. These are good. awesome. Uh, Natty, did they? Um, Natty, by the way, is our chat room monitor today. Natty and Silky, and uh, we appreciate you guys coming in. Can you, can you give Natty the the microphone real quick, John? Just to uh, Daniela, uh, not here today, had to uh, other commitments, uh, which sucks. But awesome that Natty's here to help us out, and Thanks, Silky Natty. too. Um, we always appreciate it. I'm wearing a. A uh, set of fake breasts right now, which is uh-huh. which is good because uh, both the chat room and and we appreciate that too. Um, how's the chat room going for you today? It's great. A lot of good uh, interaction between them. They they have a lot about um, taking the yeast uh, out of your bottles to propagate that. Oh, nice. Something else. They're hoping you're not mad. Yeah, <laughs> of course not. No. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a mix. Like I said, no, it's fine. It's just you're getting wine yeast in. Uh, oh, that's right. Because you get in the yeah. bottle condition too. Yeah, bottle well, condition. Use that to use that to bottle condition. And, Ferment uh, with the other stuff, and yeah, then yeah. Uh, use that for the bottle condition. Yeah. yeah. Use the white labs you use. For yeah, the I mean, because you can get the white labs. Uh, Five hundred is the uh, the trappist. Okay. Uh, that's so, a good idea to use yeah. for the bottle condition, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, wine, wine yeast, or even just going with a uh, a regular, you know, White Labs is doing a lot of wine yeast now. White, oh, okay. white wine yeast and is a good one. Uh, just to pick one of those. Yeah, Tommy hang on, Andy, take that back. Tommy Arthur uses, uh, I think it's the uh, white wine yeast from white to bottle condition. Okay. So. Natty, did you get the information from these two questions I have for Stump the Brewer? You know who asked it and all that? Yes, yeah, sure. And do they have the answers to these questions? He hasn't answered whether I, but I believe. It's actually Oz Brewer, and he's he's at work right now. He's getting a little drunk, so <laughs> let me ask him. <laughs> okay, I just uh, okay, John. It's you Monday morning like to him. He should I be just wanted drunk. to. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Oz, one of our regular listeners, actually usually takes Mondays off I'm to hang with us, but I guess he's getting drunk. Okay, well here's the deal. They're going to have to know the answer in order for this to be valid, uh, just in case. Um, oh, we know he's in case Vinny doesn't. Uh-huh. So. Uh, you guys, uh, you know, I'll ask the questions, but if you if you don't have the answers, it's not valid. They well, got then him. he can make up anything okay. he wants. And then Natty, he's not yeah. Natty said they got him. Okay, are you ready, Vinny? I am. Stump the brewer. Drum roll, please. Uh, name the six Belgian Trappist breweries. Oh yeah, that's easy. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I say it's easy because when Natalie and I went to Belgium in 1999, we visited all of them. Okay. We got to stay at uh, Abbey's Cormont, which is a Chimay. Okay. So that's one. Okay. Uh, West Mall. Is two, which is in Antwerp, uh, just right. outside of Antwerp. Uh, West Vlederen okay. is uh, West Flanders. Uh, Rochefort, just close to there. Okay. Uh, Ockel, which is the newest one, and uh, Orval. All right. So in Ockel, um, we went there on, uh, I don't know, it was Monday or Tuesday, and they were closed, so we didn't actually get to taste the beer, but it was a beautiful monastery. Okay. So I have a picture of, uh, Natalie took a picture of me at the doors of all six of the oh, Trappist monasteries. Nice. So uh, was that six? With the uh, the roof about to fall on your so, head, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> wearing your damnation shirt. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, All right, that was a, that was a cool trip, though. Um, seeing seeing them, we got so much inspiration from that trip. Uh, I bet. Orval, there's these ruins from like 
you know, God's time. Yeah. And uh, they are so beautiful. That's mm-hmm. great. It's, it's great. You're Good stuff. a Northern American monk. <laughs> that's right. You're a West Coast monk. <laughs> that's right. All right, who was that one, Natty? Was that Oz? Or that's the, that was Oz? All right. Hey, guess what, Oz? You don't get a shirt this time. <laughs> yeah, sure him how many does another. he have? Is the other one Oz, too? <laughs> Are they both Oz? Or is the other one somebody else? Okay, the other one's somebody else. I'm not going to try to pronounce yeah, that. Yeah, and there's name. some, there is some, uh, there used to be another <laughs> Trappist monastery from, uh, from, uh, the Netherlands, but they lost their status as a Trappist monastery. Although I fear they're working towards getting it back. They weren't uh, monkey okay. enough? They weren't monkey enough. Yeah, they didn't okay. have the funk, the monk. Well, this one's <laughs> related now, so this question may already be answered. I'm going to ask it anyway, although there are two parts to it. So then, how many Trappist monasteries produce beer is part one. Yeah, it's, Six, it's six officially right okay. now, and there and that's like, that's a designation, a bit like uh, an appellation for wine. Okay, you know, for instance, that there's laws that say if you say Napa Valley, you know, or you know, some sub appellation Rutherford or in Sonoma, whether it's Russian River, or Sonoma Valley, or so on and so forth, Dry Creek, mm. you have to have a certain percentage of grapes from that region in your appellation, you know, okay. from the appellation in your your blend. Well, that's how Trappist is. Trappist, no one else can use the word Trappist. Okay. And if they do, you'll get a cease and desist. The monks are wow. have some high-powered lawyers. Oh, uh, I'm sure they do. At, at the monastery, uh, uh, Father Thomas, who was our host, uh, and we stayed there for two nights, and we had to eat in silence, and we got to drink mm-hmm. this beer Dore, which was the monks' Trappist, uh, their table beer. It's a 4.8% alcohol version of Chimay White. Okay. And uh, and it was funny. He's a very stereotypical monk, kind of a big belly, and he's got an abbot on, you know, the, the kind brown. of the, the, the brown, brown towel. Yeah, and, and he had this big leather belt, but the funniest thing was he had a pager on the side. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was touring us through the brewery, and the pager went off, and he looked at him and was like, Pfft. Nah, he just uh, ignored it, which was like so American. Right. But, but then it was sad the next year we found out he passed away. So uh, Natalie and I were very saddened. And I don't know why that came to be, why he, my email went through to him and uh, he, he brought us in for two days and it was, it was something magical that was meant to be that will never happen again. We'll never, you know, probably get into Abbey Scormont right, to, uh, right. Uh, to see that again from the inside. Well, that's uh, still, that's a great story. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. How do you get at the Trappist level? I'm, as a brewer, I mean, if you were born in Belgium, I mean, how does a brewer become a Trappist monk? Um, or do you know? Well, a, a monk, the, it, nowadays, they all have secular brewers in there working, okay. and there's only a couple of them where the monks still work a little bit, but at, at, Scormont at Chimay at the time, uh, Father Thomas oversaw the whole process. So he wasn't technically a brewer, but he was taught from Father Theodore, who has also since passed away, I believe, mm-hmm. who was at Chimay. And, uh, and to become a monk, you have basically these six month periods where eventually you need to commit or, or you go. And, uh, Father Thomas, and you have like nine of these things. So you have several years to, to decide if you really want to stick in this and be a monk. Once you become a monk, you can't just walk out and leave. They, yeah. they hold you to it, and it's a very serious, uh, or they kill you. Uh, thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so he, he told us that he knew right after six months or whatever the first 
trial period was. Right. And, and Father Thomas, he, he loved it. Okay. And, and there was a soundproof room that he would take us into. And once we got in there, cause monks can't talk, they have to be silent. Right. And they would just chatter and go, and he would just talk and talk and talk. And of course, talk. he doesn't get to talk any other time. To talk. It was funnier. Wow. It was funnier than heck, man. Oh, that's great. great. So, but he was great. And I still have the little itinerary he wrote. And, and we got to go see the monks chat, chant at like 8.30 at night. And it was, wow. it was eerie waking up at like four in the morning. Yeah. Cause yeah. they'd already, or they'd already be to, to their, uh, uh, mass or whatever, okay. and hearing it through the hallways echoing uh, through it was really kind of eerie, but very, very cool. And I bet. So we got back, and um, one of our neighbors at the time picked us up from the airport, and uh, first thing, she looks back at Natalie and I, and she goes, so... Did you guys do it in the monastery? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they before, can't do it, can they? Before, before she well, said like hello, or we're like, are you kidding? <laughs> no, man, you could hear anything. You, you drop yeah. a, a, you know, a, a pin, and it'll like it makes all kinds of noise. Right. So. so you guys didn't do it in the monastery. No. No. That's too bad. That That's would have been a, that would have been a great capper to a good story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. All right. There's a second part to that question. Uh, what is the correct name of the order of monks? Uh, the correct name is the, um, gosh, it's Benedictine, I believe. Benedictine monks. Yeah. I think think that's right. Cistercian. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. Uh, I know there's, uh, a one word for, um, nuns for a nunnery. Yeah. And, uh, and that I don't know. Okay. So, but I, so Benedictine is the order and Cistercian. Cistercian. Okay. Yes, I can't even say that word. Okay. <laughs> so I guess that's sort of, you know, half, half right. Half, I missed half of that, I guess. Okay, if Benedictine Cistercian isn't right, uh, no. uh, we'll think about giving you a shirt on that one. But uh, the brewer so far not stumped. I got another one. Um, oh, this might not. Is this a stump the brewer? I don't know. Natty gave it to me like it was a stump the brewer. When did Belgian brewers first discover the attributes of Brett? Uh, I don't know that. I the mean, brewer stumped. I would I would say just guessing okay. that um, lambics were, which is the style of beer that uh, I believe kind of originated that. Although there's some, you know, Flanders brown and red ales that maybe were all at the same time. Okay. But what year that was? Gosh, I have no I have no idea because there was so much Britannomyces in beer because there's a wild yeast, you know, and that's that's how they you know, brewed it, and that's yeah. how they mm-hmm. brewed it was just they left it to sit. And now there's the one region, uh, Pettenland in Belgium that, uh, that, uh, is a very small region. There's only like 10 lambic brewers left. And, uh, and it's funny because a lot of people think that it's in the air, but it's mostly in the rafters. And, and when these breweries have to put a new roof on or something, they don't rip the old one off. They just build on top of the old one uh. because they want the rafters, all the wild yeast are permeated into the wood. Okay. And, um, and that's kind of a good segue. We're drinking another beer here called Supplication, which is a brown ale aged in Pinot Noir barrels with sour cherries, which using cherries is a very common thing for, mm. uh, sour. for a sour beer. And then we add Flanders. Or? Um, yeah, I would say it's kind of that, although we don't really categorize it because there's so much oak from the right. Pinot Noir and okay. it's got uh, three strains of Britannomyces. And then we go as far as that Lactobacillus and Pediococcus, which are two bacterias. It's another great beer. And, um, and the, it's really very complex. It's, but it's not sour and tart and, it's uh doesn't make you pucker. No, but, yeah. it, but it's you know got, it's there. It's got a little bit of tart, sour character. It does have it. The yeah. oak comes through, the cherry comes through. The whole idea was just to have this overall cherry quality through the beer. And Which we're I'm having a dilemma right now where um 
we need to enter this. We're going to enter it at the Great American Beer Festival, but I don't know what category uh. to put it in because it doesn't fit a category. So, I mean, so many of our beers don't fit categories. Right. Uh, so, you know, there's the sour category, which I don't, it's probably not sour enough. It's not fruity enough um, to be fruity. And, uh, and the sour category has a subcategory for fruit or not. You know, just straight goose or Flanders, you know, red or you know, old brown, or you could just do other, which this would be an other, but it's probably not tart enough. And then it could yeah. go into wood or barrel aged. Right. Or it could go, which that normally is won by like bourbon, or it can go into experimental, which I hate mm-hmm. experimental because it's like, you know. It just means you're a freak. <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> yeah. You didn't yeah, know what that. you were doing, it, so you threw it in there. Yeah, so I don't know where we're going to put it. Uh, any input would be uh, highly appreciated. Okay, uh, hang on a sec. I got to finish Stump the Brewery here because for one, I think the official, well, let me finish. Okay. The official name uh, of the of the Order of Monks is, where'd I put it? The Sister, uh, the, yeah. Cistercian. Thank you. Cistercian Order of the Strict Observance is the official name. So I think we can call that a stumped brewer. Because uh, that's, that, that's yeah. the official name. Uh-huh. So that's one shirt right there. Natty, you got that information? I cost him a shirt. He'll never uh, make that mistake yeah. again. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Cistercian Order of the Strict Observance. Uh, if you ask that question, uh, Natty's taking your information, but also send me an email, Justin, at the Benedictine is in there. Benedictine is a part of the order. And, and definitely the Bened- a Benedictine monk. Yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, you know, the, the basic idea is just work hard. Right. And, uh, and, and, they, uh, and one of the reasons why they... They have secular brewers now is because they don't want to be interrupted for basically their six masses during the day. And there's just an article recently that West Vlederen has run out of beer. You know? Yeah, I was reading that today. And, because uh, it got rated as the best beer on the planet. And now everyone wants it. And, and yeah. you know, there's a company back east that's shipping it here illegally, oh. slapping a label on it. When you buy West Vlederen in Belgium, no it's, label. A, it's a drive through or you go to the uh, Cafe Verde across the street, okay, right. and it's a it's a cap. It's a different colored cap with yeah, a number, and no that's labels. it. There's no label. Gotcha. And so any basically anything that's being sent to America is being done illegally. Okay. And the, I know the monks don't. I've read you know quotes from monks. They don't appreciate it. But we as as Americans or just beer enthusiasts worldwide don't understand. And I understand this now that I've spent you know two or three days at a Trappist monastery. What mm-hmm. their mindset is. They're not making beer because they know they make great beer. They're making beer to survive and live, and that's their livelihood, and that's how they pay their bills. Yeah. And monks only make enough beer, right, to pay their bills. To pay their bills, and that's it. They're they're a they're a nonprofit. They yeah. make enough profit to to Success. run their abbeys and exist. And then some of them have what they call daughters, which are like sub monasteries in different parts of the country, where mm-hmm. they then send money to mm-hmm. off the beer sales. A lot of them make cheese and bread and candies, but that's it. We as we as beer enthusiasts don't understand that, and you you only understand it by being there and seeing it. Yeah. So I was reading some posts recently on Rate Beer, Beer Advocate, or one of those and there were some pretty harsh comments just like you know what the hell these these guys don't understand when you yeah. mean they're not brewers sure they're brewers but you know that's not how they think that's right so. and in fact the article it says a lot about that that uh, no they're not going to brew more beer because the demand is higher they yeah. don't need to they've got a set amount yeah. and they actually didn't expect the rush that they were going to it was a website that did the the survey to decide who's the best beer on the planet and then they did like a top five and that being number one they have they've just got a mad rush of demand um, although uh, there's lots of rumor that they've run out of beer um, they've not run out of beer you can still
still buy it at the cafe across the yeah. street you were it, talking about that they run. Yeah, you just can't go um, through the drive-thru, which is the coolest thing. Natalie and I went through the cool. drive-thru, but you only buy a case, and it's a 12-case or 10-case maximum. Oh. So basically, the beer that's being shipped to America illegally, yeah. there's someone in Belgium going through the drive-thru every day buying their 12-case lot, and, and, then, shipping. and then they're shipping it here and reselling right. it. So, mm. All right. So there's one shirt, uh, like I said, send me an email. Uh, and then the other one that I think was, uh, was there actually an answer to uh, Natty? When did the Belgians first disc- discover the attributes of Brett? Did they did they answer that or was that just a, a, a question, not even a Stump the Brewer question? I'm going to have to look through for that. Anything? That was Oz. And does he have an answer, an actual year that they discovered that? Okay. He hasn't stumped All right, we'll see. We got one stump the brewer there, so we'll send you shirts uh, for that, and then we're we're still waiting on the other one. Uh, and then, of course, they want you to sign the shirts, Vinny. How about that? <laughs> A little autograph action for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Another one from Oz here. Man, he wants that shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Where's he from? Where was the Trappist Order first founded? Country and region. Oh, not where it is now. I'm gonna uh, say say the question: country and region. Yeah, I think it's France. Okay, but I it's France or Germany, but I think it's France because it's very close to Belgium. Okay, the region. Not sure. No idea. What did they say? I don't know, Oz. You're gonna have to answer that. I'm in going the chat with Germany. Room. You're gonna say Germany, yeah. Doc? Okay. Yeah, I, I read it somewhere, and I don't remember what it is now either. Yeah, I'm. I'm guessing i think he's it's one got, of the two but he's got country region and year but i left that out wow like, come on Damn. i <laughs> wish that sure. nice i <laughs> wish i i wish you would have brought my michael jackson book my, that is yeah. and for those for those listening there's two definitive now three definitive belgian beer books if you want to go to belgium one is the uh michael jackson's belgian i don't even know what the exact name is but it's uh it's his belgian beer book that's Hundred percent Belgian beers. Okay, and then there's the um, Good Beer Guide to Belgium by Tim Webb, who's a great uh, uh, beer writer from Camera from England. But it's on Belgian beers, and that has every pub and you know bar and brewery listed, addresses, hours. It's, it's a wealth of information. The new edition just came out, and then he and two other uh, writers just did a book on. It's called Lambic Land. And it's just on the. It's it's more of a pamphlet than a book, but it's uh, it's a great book on. It's maybe like forty or thirty pages, but it's on all the remaining lambic breweries and given the history of it and what's happened. And there are three books that you you should own if you're a Belgian enthusiast or freak like if I. You am. want to find it? Yeah. <laughs> so. Oz says La Trappe, France. La Trappe, however, I guess. I and know. La Trappe is the name of the monastery that lost their. Uh, you know, Trappist credential from mm-hmm. the Netherlands. Yeah, um, that okay. I think are trying to get it back. I thought I read that somewhere, so it could be back to seven potentially okay. here in the future. But I'll, I'll buy that if he says it. You know. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, he said France, so I'm gonna call Vinny not stumped on that one. Yeah. I know you wanted him to be more specific, but uh, I think that's pretty good that he knew France and. Uh, you know, what are you gonna do? The other one about the order of the monks—that wasn't Oz, right? That was somebody else, or that was Oz? Yeah. I think yeah. It was 
That was us. About who? Okay, so we already won on that one. All right, I got one shirt given away. I got two more to give away. Um, I want to call her eight 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 four zero one beer. Give me a stump the brewer question, but I'll tell you what—you don't actually have to stump the brewer to get it this time. Call in with a stump the brewer or any other question you got. I'll give you the shirt just for being the first caller to call in. So eight 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 four zero one beer. We want to take a caller. You're getting a shirt just for calling in. We should we should go by size. Be like, okay, if you're a large, <laughs> yeah, then call yeah, in. Call now, in. Right? You're not. You know, I, don't, I don't even know what sizes these we brought. These aren't t-shirts either. No. Doc, check through the sizes there for me if you would. And I'm going to start my quick fire here. All right, All right you ready? Go. We're going to keep uh, them short and sweet because we're running out of time. And then there's really fat. And Got extra large. Holy shit! Okay, uh, Vinny, do you clean your rafters? Uh, no, <laughs> no, but we do have rafters. It is not sheetrock. Okay. We ran out of money during construction, so we oh, left nice. it. Now I feel like a real Belgian trapper. <laughs> yeah, we do right. not. Lots of dust up there. Okay, uh, let's see. That's a great question. I've never been asked that. <laughs> you clean your rafters. That's sweet. <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, any tips to working with cleaning and sanitizing uh, wood barrels? Uh, we don't. Uh, we don't really do uh, that much cleaning. When we empty a barrel, we try to refill it. But if you are going to clean your barrels, you want to clean them with uh, hot water, maybe. 120, 140, you don't want to go much warmer than that or else you're going to extract some tannins and come up with some crazy flavors. Uh, but uh, hot water is really the best uh, method. And if you have to sit on your barrel, a uh, home winemaking shop or brewing shop, probably both, sell a little sulfur wicks and you burn them inside the barrel. And that preserves the barrel until you need to fill it again. Okay. But, um, but hot water is the best way. Uh, if you have to, you can use some uh, caustic if it's really dirty, uh, uh, caustic soda. But um, not really, you want to try to fill them right when you empty them. Okay. So. All right. And uh, quickly, I got a caller on. So do you buy them from wineries? Is that where you get your barrels? Barter. You barter them from wineries. Barter. We've never yeah. bought in a barrel before. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Natty, we got somebody on the phone here? Good Did you hang up on them? <laughs> He's calling back. Uh-huh. Okay. Hang on, we'll try to switch him over here. Does he want to be on the air? All right, just hang on one sec. All right, go ahead, drop him. You there, caller? Yeah. Who are we talking to? Chris. Chris, crotch rot? Yeah. Hey, what's up, buddy? How are you? How, how's life in Florida, man? It's weird. What's that? Right. He sounds fine. I said, how's life in Florida? Hot. Yeah, I'll bet. Are you hot down here. What are you drinking down there today, Crotch? Uh, well, actually, because uh, it's too hot to brew right now, um, so I, I've run out of my home brew. I'm drinking uh, Flying Dog. PLF. Is that a Florida beer? No, it's uh, out of Colorado. Oh, okay. I think it's out of Colorado. Hmm. How warm is it there right now? Um, actually, it's not bad tonight. It's maybe in the mid-80s, low-80s. Oh, you can make Belgian beers. Yeah, that's what I always tell homebrewers. They go, oh, I can't brew during the summer. Like, oh, yeah, you can just Oh, well, it. yeah, but in the daytime, it's 98. <laughs> you know. Nice. <laughs> Stays on. Put hey, a tent over it. Natty, what's this? Halifax one and Oz one? What, wh- which question was Halifax? Uh, when did they discover the attributes of bread? Did he give a proper answer to that? Yeah, we don't know. Halifax may not know. Yeah, he didn't give a proper answer, no. so I'm not sure that Halifax uh-huh. one's one. One's Oz, one's Christian. Christian, you got a question? Uh, not really. He just wanted the just shirt. Just want to call and say what's up? Yeah. Sounds good. That's good enough. You get a shirt for that. Uh-huh. I said you would. Um, what size are you? Uh, extra large at least. What at size? Least. Do we got at an least. extra large uh, there? Yeah, we've got, um, the, the blue one. Is it right. blue? Yeah, the blue one. You get a yeah. blue Russian long, river It's shirt. a long sleeve tee. 
Yeah. It's a yep, Russian sure. river. It's excellent. All Suitable right, for sure. framing. <laughs> there you go, Crotch. When are you sending yeah. us some more beer, man? Um, well, when it cools down a little bit. Uh, uh, I'm probably going to start brewing again in uh, September. Oh, uh, okay. Hey, fact, I forgot I'm to... Having, uh, uh, I'm, I'm having a wall unit put into the living room area to where I'm going to keep that room really cold. Nice. Um, the rest of the house, I, you know, the unit that I have on the house, uh, the central unit, isn't really strong enough or big enough to really cool the house as good as I need it. And so I would have huge temperature fluxes. Yeah. And, um, you know, it'd get the beer would go really cool in the nighttime, but in the daytime it would be up around 75, 78, and I was, you know, getting all these, these offbeat flavors. You could and try so a Belgian. This, huh? You could try a Belgian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, my my favorites are are pale ales and IPAs and. Gotcha. You know, so I'm thinking about just separating off one room in my house and putting a gigantic, like twelve, fifteen thousand BTU wall unit in the room and just keeping that room all the time at seventy two and done. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. So the 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 then the rest of the house doesn't even have to be that cold. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't live in the rest of the house for the most part. I'm in the living room. You know? So. Right. That's funny. Where you go to sleep, it's 110. <laughs> but where you brew, it's like a perfect mild temperature. Yeah, that's, my <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a brewer's mentality right there. I like that. All right, uh, send me an email with your address again, Crotch, and I'll send you a Okay, and uh, actually put me on with Manny, too. All right. Hey, and I think I forgot to archive the beginning of the show, so you're going to have to send me the beginning, huh? Did you do that again? I didn't get the beginning of the show. Oh, I got it late. All right, I got it from the from the first break we took. Somebody else has it. Oz, send me the show, damn it! <laughs> I just need the yeah, first somebody, fifteen somebody, minutes. Somebody's got it. I got it late, <laughs> so I missed the first portion of it too. Like about the first ten minutes. Okay, I got it. I got most of it. I just missed the intro, and it's none of the meat. That was just me blabbing on yeah, about yeah, a bunch you were of talking stupid about website stuff. Stupid stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, no one wants to hear that anyway because yeah. I said when it's going to be up, and it, if it's not up, then they don't get to know anyway. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> All right, Christian. Thanks for the call. Uh, send me an email. Okay, and like I said, put me on with Manny real quick. All right, hang on one second. All right, Natty, you can take it. All right, there's Christian, good friend of that's the show. That's two down. And uh, Okay, so that's two shirts given away. i got one more to give away. I probably want to take another caller. We're going to come up with something different for the very end of the show, though, because uh, that's always a good time. All right, here we go, some more quick stuff. Vinny, can you make Lambic at home without contaminating your entire brewery? Oh, yeah. You can? Yeah, you can. Using set, like just different hoses and stuff or what? Yeah, keeping uh keeping all your hoses different uh you know a, a plastic bucket is actually a really good way without you're not going to get any oak flavor, but a plastic bucket's a great way to do a lambic at home because it's porous. Okay. So then you can uh, use it again and there's a home brewer down in Southern California that uh uh Scott Bill makes some pretty good home brews uh doing that, but yeah, you know, you just have to, you do have to be very meticulous in your cleaning mm-hmm. and, uh, using any Brett or Lactopedio, any bacteria. You just, um, you know, sanitation is the key yeah. to keeping it separate between your mainline, you know, beers and your wild, crazy, funky beers with critters and, and cleaning with heat. That's, that's a big thing. Okay. Is, uh, is not just, you know, I don't, I don't know what's, what's hip in homebrewing cleaning these days. Yeah, I don't know how you'd clean with heat. Um, you know, hot, hot water. Hot water and caustic. Yeah. And, and a lot of homebrewers don't use caustic. 
But basically, caustic soda is um, is Can't liquid the, is liquid Drano, basically. Okay. And, Can't that be dangerous though? Yeah, of course uh, it is. Yeah. It is, but that's how every brewery and winery. Off. Yeah, I mean, if for every for every degree warmer caustic gets, it gets like ten times stronger or something. Okay. But, like, but cleaning with caustic why. is the absolute. You, know, you can't do carboys with with super hot rush. You're gonna crack them. Yeah. But you know, stainless or plastic or even you know, I I clean all my carboys with. Uh, with you know slightly warm water, but I still use caustic because it just breaks all the uh, all the the proteins and all the troop down everything. Okay, down. but uh, like what well, is what's beer a brand stone, of right? caustic? Beer, beer stone is cleaned with acid actually, uh, okay. so it's an acidic. It's the opposite but, uh, direction. Yeah, it's okay. the opposite direction. But I don't I don't think no homebrew shops sell. Caustic okay. soda, okay. Gotcha. but but Red Devil or but, or, um, uh, but beer line cleaner is caustic. Okay, you know and. Uh, Liquid Drano is caustic. Gotcha. You know, but when you, when you read the I'm liquid Drano, when liquid Drano says they say use it cold, that's because it is dangerous. Because if you add, uh, it a, heats up it, too it when it hits up, water. Yeah, too. It, it'll explode, especially dried caustic. That's not so, fun. But it's not fun. But you know, it's it's the evil necessity of the yeah. beer and wine industry that we use chemicals to clean with, and we have to. It's got to so, be cleaned. Okay, cleaning's it. But just you know, vigorous cleaning and uh, keeping everything separate. Have separate hoses. So we basically have a piece of tape, like an orange or red tape, around every hose or whatever that that's uh, Brett or that that's for our you know wild beers. Okay. So, uh, how well does Chimay yeast reculture for warm fermenting? Uh, you know, the uh, both white and Y yeast have cultured Chimay, so you might as well just buy it. From them for sh- for white it's five hundred it's a trappist uh, the sh- you know the beer it takes it takes like three months to get the beer here from mm-hmm. you know it sits in a ship and uh, it's on a container and so on and so forth so by the time it gets here you'd be better unless you go to Belgium and you can get a fresh bottle from the brewery and I don't know if uh, if Chimay uses uh, two different yeasts I've heard varying stories and they told me that they use. Uh, two different strains, but I met the actual secular brewer recently, and I think he told me that it's it's just one strain, but I I can't remember though. Okay, so I think I got a caller with a question for you too. Yeah, all right, hang on, don't. Uh... All right, go ahead, Matt. You're on the air. Hey, Justin, it's Matt here. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. Where are hey, you? I'm at home. Why are you not here? Oh, we we decided to reorganize our home office here, the wife and I. So gotcha. And busy doing that you got a question for Vinny? i do i i wanted to tell Vinny that i'm a, a huge fan of the russian river ipa Thanks. and i wondered if he would be kind enough to give a home brewer's recipe over uh, there yeah it's it would, already uh, out there on more beer uh pliny the elder is out there yeah yeah the the uh, blind pig ipa uh, is was on we did that with more beer okay and the rest the recipe's not on more beer you can buy the uh, kit from more beer so that's a difference maybe that is what it okay, is okay but yeah. i'm I'm yeah. not looking for Blind Pig or yeah, you're looking Pliny. For Russian, I'm looking for the Ale House. The Russian IPA. River. I'd have to email that to you because I don't have it uh, right off the top of my head. It's, I mean, off the top of my head, I'll say it's, uh, it's mostly two-row based. Uh, there's maybe 2%, 3% Crystal 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's 5% Carapils, and the rest would be two-row. So it's a pretty simple malt base. Okay. It's uh, bittered with... Um, the, the ninety—it's a ninety-minute boil. Okay. Uh, we mash at one fifty-two, and uh, the, the ninety-minute boil—the first hop edition is a split of Warrior and Columbus, and that goes in right at the beginning and of the ninety minutes. Ninety-minute boil. All right. And then uh, there's a forty-five-minute edition of. Ooh, I think it's uh, Centennial. 
And then there's a 30-minute edition of Cascade, and then the final edition is Centennial, Cascade, and a splash of Columbus. All right. And so and then it's dry hopped with Columbus, Centennial, and Cascade. All right. So but that's just a, off the top of his head. Of his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow, what did we miss uh, there? Well, California Ale If you want, and California Ale Use from White. If you want exact percentages, uh, shoot me an email. You can just go to info at RussianRiverBrewing.com. That goes to my computer. Will do. And I can give you exact percentages of the malt bill and the hops. Right. The you might, breakdown. You so, might be bombarded with some so, some emails. Yeah. That's all right. I'll just I'll make a blank <laughs> right email. Yeah. Out. But that, that, that's close. We ferment at 68 degrees. It's a 1064-ish uh, original gravity. Finishes at uh, 1011, 10, 10, It's 6.5% alcohol by volume. And uh, we do very little water adjustment. We remove the chlorine, add a little bit of gypsum back to harden it up, and that's about it. Right. And, it, and the dry hop is uh, six days, so it's not that long of a dry hop on the Russian River IPA, whereas our Blind Pig IPA, our new, kind of reintroduced my old recipe, we dry hop that for like eight or nine, ten days. Okay. Pliny of the Elders, the 14-day dry hop. Nice. Pliny of the Younger, our triple IPA, is a five-week or four-week dry hop. Really? So, wow. Yeah. So, and the Pliny of the Younger, we dry hop four consecutive four one-week dry hops. So we mm-hmm. add one dry hop for a week, and then a week later we add another dry hop and another week and so on. And so it takes its four dry hops. And the final dry hop, the fourth dry hop's in the server. And the batch usually only lasts a week, so it's only about a week on the dry hop. Okay. Different so, hop each time? Uh, mix, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's usually a mix of Simcoe, Amarillo, and uh, some Centennial. Uh, use a lot of Centennial as filler. Okay. And then... When you can't get the Amarillo, you mean? No, with with a tiny amount of Amarillo or Simcoe. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we don't use a lot of Amarillo, just enough to accentuate to get that peach uh, apricot character. The Simcoe, big grapefruit, pine flavor. Centennial's very fruity, kind of tricks or Fruit uh, Loops-like. And um, Pliny the Elder is, uh, up until recently, has been no Cascade. Um, we've been messing around with some Cascade in it recently, okay. and uh, uh, the younger is no Cascade, uh, but lots of Cascade in both the IPAs, the Blind Pig, and the Russian River. Okay. So. Is that good for you, Matt? It's awesome. Thanks, right. Benny. I'm, I'm a big fan. And, no, thanks. Uh, I thanks. It. And one more thing. Go ahead. I want to give big ups to the chat room, and uh, we're requesting Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> go to hell. Yeah, you guys can forget it. <laughs> See you guys later. What, See you, man. Right, Thanks. All right. Uh, I got a note here that Doc from Sydney wants to call in. Call in, Doc. The phone's free. 888-401-BEER. We'll take your call. Um, someone wants you to review a homebrew. And the only homebrew we have here is John's, which is fine. If he wants to drink my, um, my fermenter if, if we can, If yeah. we can. Well, you got that and you got your homebrew on tap also. Yeah, so, but this is Belgian style. I brew this just for the show, so let's do right, them both. Uh, I'd like to get them both reviewed. Okay, it's a homebrew show, and people want to want to want Vinny's opinion about some homebrew. So this was at ten twenty about a week ago after a week at uh, seventy two degrees. So all right, all right. So this one's John's upcoming Belgian. So this is uh, it's looking at it's blonde in color. I should really smell it first. That's you know proper reviewing technique. You should always smell it first, especially if it's a hoppy beer, but. I'm sure this won't be hoppy. I can already smell it. I'm not even holding it close to my nose. It's big fruit banana. Mm. I can smell it. It's glasses like nine inches from my nose. (laughs) 
it still it still has uh, some dirty fermentation quality to it, uh, which in most cases will age out. There there are aromas that most of our beers have in the early uh, stages of uh, a fermentation. This hasn't been chilled. No. Uh, yeah. It's so, warm. Yeah. Yeah. Taking a drink now so we can get a good flavor. It's 30% wheat and all British Mercer Otter base. Yeah, it's uh, sweet mm-hmm. and it's fruity. It's got it's banana and pear. Okay. Is what I'm tasting. All right. And uh, that's mostly yeast-driven flavors, and it's hasn't been – I don't know. A lot of home brewers don't have the ability to chill like we do Yeah. as, as professional brewers to knock to drop the yeast out, so it takes a lot longer. But I'm letting it go two to three weeks at like 72, just to let it do its thing for a yeah. while, and then I'll chill it. Yeah, so um, – Can you tell us what the gravity is? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he already told me, so now I'm uh, psycho. You know, so no, how about the original? Like, uh, original gravity. Let me. All right, let's try this. All right, here we're gonna go. This is. I asked earlier in the show if you weren't listening. Um, that uh, I call. You're gonna be on hold for a sec. So just hang in there. I asked earlier in the show that I'd like to be able to just taste a beer and know what its OG and yeah. its and its FG is. I, I'm gonna. You know, that's it's Belgian beers are so deceiving because mm-hmm. if if you although you didn't use sugar, I don't think, I did. but you did. So that's it makes it so hard, and that's what's cool about the that's the whole idea about using sugar is it makes it very deceptive and a dry, you know, drier flavor than malt would give. But let's say um, I don't know, ten sixty eight. Yeah. <laughs> no. Is that exactly what it was? 1072. Uh, <laughs> uh, that would have been great. No. You'd have been my hero if you did that, Vinny. All right, I got a caller on the line to take two. Hang on. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Hi, it's Doc calling from City of Stranded. Hey, Doc, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. And you guys? We're doing all right. Are you standing in a dungeon, Doc? Are <laughs> oh, you talking on the uh, speakerphone? Yeah. I've gone into a into a uh, sort of a phone conference room. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So away gotcha. from my boss and away from my desk. Oh, good <laughs> work. Oh. And uh, what do you do for a living then? I'm a technology consultant. Okay. At least till his boss finds out. Yeah, you yeah. were a technology uh-huh. consultant. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you don't get to drink beer with us uh, when you're listening, then, huh? No, no, but the guy sitting next to me today is about to buy a house today. So if he gets that, it's a, it's a big property in Sydney, then uh, we'll be off to the Belgian Beer Cafe this afternoon. Beautiful. Wow. There you go. It'll be wow. all good. All right. Very wow. nice. Uh, do you have I a question for Vinny, I was, in, I was in San Diego a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah? And, uh, staying in downtown San Diego, but I had to uh, coerce one of the other conference attendees to share a cab with me down to Mission Beach to the Liars Club oh, so yes. I could try your... Pliny the, uh, Pliny the Elder. Elder. I'm uh, Louis Mello, who owns the Liars Club. He and his girlfriend, Denise, are in town for the big Toronado party. So he rolled in last night. Um, when I'm done here, I'm going over to the party tonight. And then uh, he and uh, Denise are coming up to stay with us tomorrow. So I'm, I'm spending the weekend with Natalie and I are spending the weekend with Louis. Owner, owner, and proprietor of the Liars Club. Great, nice. great, great bar. So, did the beer beer taste okay? Very eclectic. So yeah. Did you get to taste the Pliny? I did. I was the first beer I had. I walked in. I said, "I want Pliny the Elder." Ah. Uh, yeah, you know what you're here for, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Well, thank you. And and then and what was your impression then? Oh, the aroma was fantastic, and and just the. It, it wasn't as over the top as I thought it could have been, so which was good. It was it was still, you know, 
Yeah. It, it's an extreme beer, but it's very drinkable. And yeah. I could have had, uh, I could have had like four of them, but I wanted to try other ones as well. It's but, a dangerous, uh, it's a dangerous beer at eight percent alcohol because you can't up. taste it. And uh, we we saved the over the top for the younger. Now I got to ask you: You're in San Diego. Did you taste my favorite San Diego beer, Pure Hoppiness, from Alpine Brewery? I did. I had that at the last club, I think, as well. Yeah, that's a fantastic beer. And he that's an 8% alcohol. That's his regular IPA. And then he makes a double IPA called Exponential Hoppiness that we were, we were drinking last night. I think that's why I'm hungover today. It's 11% alcohol with oak chips. It's a fantastic beer. Wow. I don't, I don't think that was out probably a couple of weeks ago, though. Yeah. So Very nice. Uh, I have to say, about Pliny not being over the top, I think the 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 thing that mainly saves it from tasting like an over-the-top hoppy beer for me is how smooth it is with that amount of bitterness. Yeah. You know, with the amount of hops, and, and that to me is a difference between a lot of people's double IPAs, mine included, um, and and your IPA is is getting a beer that's that bitter and that's smooth at the same time. Because bitter can have a lot of bite and a lot of, of harsh aftertaste and and Pliny, I don't know how the hell you do it, but Smooth. but sort of misses out on all that. Yeah, that's in picking the uh, bittering hop, and that's why we um, even on the IPA we blend Warrior into the bittering. Okay, because Warrior is a low cohumulin. Cohumulin is the measurement of basically harsh bitterness. Okay, and so by going with a cleaner, lower cohumulin, you end up with cleaner bitterness. But you don't want to go with all Warrior because then it's too clean. Right, and you need some. You know, Columbus or Chinook uh, or Simcoe as your bittering hop to give it a little bit of, uh, you know, complexity in the, you know, character of being, you know, whether it's, you know, citrus or pepper or yeah. pine, whatever the hop is. Right. So. All right. Hey, Doc, yeah, I, was I, was expecting, I, was, I was expecting some pain, and I had my first sip, and I thought, where's the pain? It's coffee. <laughs> it's tasty. It's fantastic, and I want another sip. It wasn't a sort of... <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna have another sip, but I don't want another sip. <laughs> the other, the other, the other component of our non-Belgians, in particular, is we don't use a lot of crystal malt. I, that's an, I, I don't detest crystal malt, but I don't like it. It, it muddies up the flavors, in particular in a hoppy beer. Hoppy beers shouldn't have a lot of crystal malt. Okay. And I think that's where most home brewers and professional brewers go wrong with their hoppy beers. Is and I, I think is. If you if you look at a hoppy beer that is very has a very crisp and clean bitterness, yeah. it's probably very light in color, uh, a light copper color, maybe yeah. a, a pinch of crystal malt added, but there isn't a lot added, and and crystal malt doesn't blend well with with bitter hop flavor. They just really clash. So are you use, uh, using something in place, or are you just not? It's just more of the base malt. Maybe just more of the base malt. Okay. In the case of Pliny the Younger, our triple IPA, yeah. it's it's a hundred. It's all. Uh, well, it's, it's 90%. Uh, the fermentable-wise, it's 80% uh, eighty or 85% two-row. Okay. Maybe 5 or 7% uh, carapils on fermentables, and then like 5 or 8% uh, sugar. Okay. So, um, But there is no, like probably the younger, yeah, we use no crystal malt. The elder, there's maybe 1%. It's okay. Not, it's not a lot. It's just enough to give it a tiny, tiny bit of sweetness. But for the most part, uh, we just use add more base malt. And we had sugar in both cases, too, that helped dry the, the beer out. Okay. So. Nice. Hey, Doc, I owe you some swag, don't I? You do. From yeah. the very first show. Yeah. The second show or something like that. Yeah, you helped me out with an archive, I think. Yeah, we all. Yeah. How about All the right. other shirt? Here's what we're going to do. You get the other Russian River shirt. That's our last awesome. one. 
uh, just for calling in because I owe you swag. And I'll send you a Brewing Network shirt, too, limited edition. Fantastic. Sweet. All right, cool. Uh, Keep send, up the great work, guys. Thank you. Show. you got to send me an email with your address, Doc, because uh, I, I, I probably don't Slack still have them. it if you sent it to me before. So, you know, Justin at the Brewing Network, just send me that. Uh, I'll send you two shirts. No problem. Cheers, Doc. All right. Thank you for the call, Doc. Thanks, uh, thanks for supporting Cheers, us in guys. San Diego. All right. We'll oh, see you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Very nice. Australians are cool. Yeah, they're very cool. Okay. It's good to get some people that don't sound like us on the phones, too. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we sound dumb. Yeah, we do. Americans don't have good accents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I hear that Americans who go to Australia get all the chicks. <laughs> That's what the word around the campfire is. We're okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I got a bunch more questions. We got to keep doing this uh, quick answer thing with you. There's no quick answers here. I know, but I'm trying. Wait, I would keep waiting for the shot. Show, bam, you know? bam, 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 but nothing. All right, and I'm going to have to cut you off if you go long no, answers. Right. Right. This over. one's quick. Are there Pliny the Elder shirts available? Yes, on the website, which is RussianRiverBrewing.com, and then there's a Russian River gift shop link. Okay. Uh, Vinny, are there noticeable effects of mash hopping? And if so, what do you think it adds? Uh, we used to do it. Mash hopping is adding hops to the mash. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't do it now, uh, mainly because our the cows uh, don't digest the hops well if they eat them, <laughs> and that's a Very problem. Nice. And we've we've had issues where my I've my dairyman's had a couple of cows kick uh, kick because um, they ate pelletize hops flowers will eat around it, it'll add something because if you and and the best thing is to do a homebrew taste it if you taste the wort coming out of the louder ton it's it, it tastes hoppy and right. so it's one component of getting more hops into the beer if, if you want to go extreme hopping yeah. the most extreme was uh tom nickel uh Film O'Brien's when he hopped his hot liquor tank. So if, any, if anyone was at the craft or at the homebrewers conference in yeah, Vegas, that yeah, that was funnier than heck. Yeah, yeah. So, it was. anyways, how long does it take for a brewery to turn a profit? Oh gosh, she's still waiting. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna be profitable this year. Our cash flow is still nothing. Okay, but, um, brew pub it can be in uh, two years, year two years, because of the profitability on a pint of beer over the bar is is good. Um, a, a production brewery, it's typically at 3,000 barrels. That's break even for a production brewery is 3,000 barrels. But we're, okay. we're a combination of both. So we're going to do 3,000 barrels this year and we'll be profitable. Um, but mostly from the brew pub side. How many barrels so, do you brew? Uh, 3,000 will be this year's production. Yeah. Last year we did 2,000. Per batch though, when you brew? Oh, batch. Uh, per batch is, uh, 18 barrels. Okay. Yeah. So eight, uh, each barrel is 31 gallons. Okay. Uh, Sort of related then, uh, and we, we did talk about this before, so kind of a follow-up. Is distribution the key to profitability? Uh, quality is the key to profitability because nice. that's what's going to keep, you know, people buying your product. But getting beer out there, you yeah. know, distribution is, is one component of it. How are you circumventing your lack of distribution to, in order to make profit? Uh, brew pub is one. Okay. And then also, uh, you can buy the barrel aged and the bottled any bottle Belgian beer, anything we bottle, you can buy on our website and we ship it okay. uh, via FedEx ground, uh, kind of like a winery does. Okay. And um, as long as it's as long as it's a reciprocal state, uh, like a wine, you know, winery will ship to yeah. certain. There's twelve right. or thirteen states. The Supreme Court just changed, just overruled the ban, so now states are starting to turn their laws. So there's going to be more and more states that do allow shipping. The law technically doesn't say beer, but beers. Is sort of grandfathered in. Okay. So we we shipped uh, this year the temptation and the supplication, the two barrel beers we tasted earlier, and the mm-hmm. sanctification. We probably shipped fifty or sixty cases across the state, nice. across the country. So that that's one way to get it out without 
uh, having full distribution. Okay. And from a business standpoint, we're seeing full retail price. Okay. So, and then we just pass on the shipping and the, the shipping box cost to the consumer. All right. So. And what about just general merchandise? Is that any part of your profitability? Uh, it is. It's okay. not as much as, say, someone like Stone. Uh-huh. I know Stone is has an amazing... Swag um, thing. Yeah, going on. And, but, yeah, we, we ship shirts every week from our website and we do a lot of stuff in our pub. Percentage wise, I don't know what it is. Sales wise, um, something Natalie would probably know. Okay. But we do, you know, we're ordering a fresh batch of shirts every six or eight weeks, uh, getting stuff in and we're always trying to change it up. And we do a lot of girly shirts too to try to keep the, uh, the women involved. Um, hmm. a lot of times in the beer industry, everything's marketed towards men and the women are forgotten. Right. And so we do, you know, girly tanks and girly shirts and we're getting some hooded girly shirts, uh, kind of a thin, Fabric, like, like the one but, you're wearing now. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is cute, uh, by the way, Vinny. Uh, you know, we, uh, the work shirts that we do that yeah. we're looking at earlier, we do, we nice. do women's cut work shirts cool. that they're cut for a women's body. So, okay. So, but yeah, mer- merchandise is a big part. It's also marketing too. Mm-hmm. People are wearing our logo out there. What do large breweries do to reduce chlorine? Uh, filter. Okay. It's straight filtration um, from a standpoint of uh, charcoal or carbon filters. Okay. So we did a segment on that yeah. also. Doc, yeah. So. Carbon block filter. Yeah, yeah it's uh, water's critical. That's a uh, you know, it's ten shows probably. Yeah. So yeah. we didn't even tap on that one. Yeah. All right. No I got a <laughs> I got a few here that are from way earlier. So I apologize. I hope you're still with us. This one, if I remember right, came in when we were talking about Pliny in the beginning of the show. And the question is, what yeast strain do you use? So I'm thinking he wants to know about that one. Yeah, it's California ale yeast. Use a California ale. Yeah, for everything that's non-Belgian, it's California ale yeast that we do at Russian River. Okay. Uh, Here's one for any of you three. John, Doc, feel free. Uh, I made my first barley wine four months ago, and it still has a harsh alcohol taste. How long does it take to age properly? Well, years. let's figure out what the harsh alcohol is from. Is if it's higher alcohols, like fusels and stuff, it's probably not going to go away. If you, if you fermented too, fermented too warm, okay, it's a different kind of alcohol taste to it, and okay. it does get harsh. All right. So what if that's not the case? Is that the only thing that's that it would be a harsh alcohol taste? Year or two? Yeah, yeah. Age. a couple of years. Yeah. We okay. when we ferment, don't the, throw it away. No. Yeah, when we ferment Pliny the Younger, it ends up to be an eleven percent alcohol beer, but we try to ferment it. Uh, cool, like yeah. 60. We, we ferment most of our non-Belgians at 68. The younger, it's going to be an 11% alcohol beer. We try to ferment at like 64, 65 to try to prevent some mm-hmm. of those harsh hmm. alcohol flavors. But it's also scary, too, because you're you're not sure if you're keeping the yeast a little too cool. That it's, go, not gonna, go it's, sleep. it's not going to push through. So towards the end, we'll then warm it up. Okay. So. And warm it up doesn't mean 60, 80. 68. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 68. 68. Yeah, thank you. All right. How about this one then about that? It kind of along the same line. Will it hurt my beer to bring it from 45 to 65 degrees? Uh, I have a keg conditioning in my freezer, but want to warm it up to ferment some different beers. So going from 45 to 65 degrees, I guess he, he may, he might be talking about he finishes his primary at 45 and then wants to jump it up to 65. Well, it depends on style. Are you done with that beer? Yeah. And, uh, do you, or do you still want to keep using the yeast that's in there to, to help condition it? Right. And yeah, you're gonna freak him out if you bring him up too fast. You might want to rack before you bring it up to that. Is well, that what you're saying? It depends if he's done. Yeah. If he's done with that beer, no, it's not gonna hurt the beer. Okay. But yeah. if. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Came in much early. Might not, not. Might not even be there anymore. Um. 
Oh, here's one for us. Uh, how would you get your show, uh, your beers on the show for feedback? Send them to me. Contact me, Justin, at the Brewing Network, um, and I will give you the address to send to. Um, I'll post it up on the website if I put that up um, uh, this week. Anyway, I'll give you our address is going to be up there. You can definitely send us your beers. We love to get listener beers, have them reviewed not only by uh, the pros we have here in the studio, but the pros we invite to the studio, like Vinny and uh, and, and other people. So. Send us your beer. Uh, just go to Justin at the Brewing Network. It's it's the feedback button on the main page right now. Um, other people want to talk business with you, but I think but they didn't give me questions or anything. They just want to talk. I think they probably want your phone number or something, <laughs> Vinny. They want to Halifax, for example, wants uh, wants to talk business. Can he send you an email? Email is great. All yeah. right, there you go. Yeah. Send him an email. He says that you're you're the you're the info at Russian River, yeah, right? Okay. I'm, I I get I have my own email, but I'm also the the inbox for the masses of generic emails, which okay. is fine. Perfect. So. Uh, I think that does it. I have a question. By the way, Crotchrot, hang on, before, just real quick. Uh, Crotchrot Natty said that he wants to donate one of his past B3 certificates to the chat room. He didn't quite get it. It was from a July 3rd episode. Oh, he never got the... <laughs> <laughs> he never got his certificate? <laughs> we have a serious uh, problem in our chain of of distribution of, of we got to work on prizes. that. Okay, wait a minute. You have to work on that. <laughs> I have to work on it. Is there anything else in the Brewing Network that I have to work on? Um, I have to work on that. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't want it now. Is that what he's saying, or was he just noting that he never got it? He's donating. He said, "F you." He never sent it. You can have it back. <laughs> I wants to donate it to the chat. Pretty room. sure I was on top of that, but maybe not. Yeah, I got another email from somebody that didn't get something to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. <laughs> well, we'll take care of them. But yeah. Yeah. apparently, our prize distribution system needs to be yeah. more efficient between John and I. All right, we'll work on we'll that. Work on uh, yeah, yeah, don't add me into this fray. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Crotchrot. Am I just you just want me to get it away to somebody else right now? Is that no, what you're saying? No, no, no. It's not. Let me just send it to him. You're gonna yeah, get it back. You'll get back. You got to buy more supplies anyway. Um. I think that covers it. That's all the questions I got in front of me. Do you make wine, Vinny? Uh, no, but I used to. Okay. I grew up in a winery, so I have a winemaking background. So all this oak stuff is very natural okay. to me, uh, cleaning and how to deal with it and flavor profiles and tannins from oaks and that sort of thing. What about, what about anything else, like ciders? Or? I've made cider. I've made um, never made mead. Made sake. I, I love Fred Eckhart. He's a great person. Yeah, I've had, I had uh, him some of his sake. Yeah. Um, he's been making sake since 1970. Wow. Wow. That's when I was born. So <laughs> guys been making sake as long as I've been around. And then he, wrote, he, he wrote the Treaty of you know Loggers in like 68 or something. Mm-hmm. So uh, Fred Eckhart's one of my heroes. He's great. So, cool. But, um, yeah, that's... Uh, all right. I just focus on our brewery now, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't homebrew much anymore. I used to, I used to homebrew a few times a year up until last year. Last year I didn't didn't homebrew at all. And now I've got an assistant brewer who still homebrews. So anytime anytime we're looking to do something different, um, he usually is the one working on it. You know. So I mean, we he, he did a California common beer that was awesome that I'd like to do on a full scale, mm-hmm. and it'll be his first opportunity. To do everything, create the recipe, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll hold his hand because it's hard to bump a recipe up and make sure you get it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I'm, you know, I'm excited for Travis when that opportunity comes that he'll be able to take his batch that he created this recipe and then we'll extrapolate it up to a 15 or 20 barrel batch size. Very nice. So. Chat wants to know if you make ciders. 
Um, we don't make them at the pub. Mm-hmm. Made them once or twice homebrew years ago. We do serve cider at the brew pub. We serve uh, Two Rivers from uh, Sacramento. Okay, great. Great stuff. He'd be okay. a good. He'd be a good. Vince would be a good guy to have on. We're gonna do a cider show, so maybe um, you can give me that contact. So, yeah, and there's a new cider company from. Uh, uh, it's in Fairfax, I think. Uh, it's called something Fox. Uh, I've tasted it some beer fests that are pretty good, and then up our way in Sonoma County, there's uh, Ace, which is the bigger uh, cider company. Okay. I think uh, I think Vince would be great though, because he's got a real homebrew kind of feel to to him, and mm-hmm. I think that's how he started. Yeah. So. Okay. All right, I'm going to wrap it up, guys. Good show. That yeah, was a good show. Vinny, I appreciate you yeah. coming in. Thank yeah. you. Thanks. Um, a lot of info. I'm Great uh, Belgians, man. Thanks. It was fun. Wonderful. You, and I'm leaving you with several bottles, too. Beautiful. And, uh, I'm off to, uh, I'm off to, the, big, to the big party. You got uh, a long night ahead ooh, of you. Yeah. All right. But I don't have to work tomorrow. Well, we gave you a quick warm-up. So, well, thank you. This is great. Okay. This is really good. I, anything we can do to help All at right. uh, Russian River. Okay. We would uh, be happy to. I appreciate happy that. Happy to. We, so, I got to tell you, we've been looking yeah. forward to having you in yeah. here, and uh, it was all it was cracked up to yeah. be. You got a lot of stuff up in that <laughs> noggin yeah. of yours. Thanks. So, yeah, you Thanks. I it's our 11th week, that. by the way. Sharing it. Is it? Week 11. 11 weeks. You'd think we would know what we're doing by now or something. <laughs> Well, Vinny, thank you. Um, we'd Thanks. love to have you back. Daniela, uh, you're going to need to measure Vinny's belly real quick before he leaves. <laughs> and maybe while I'm doing my, my finishing touches here, we can announce uh, what he's at so that when he comes in next time, we can see how his training regiment's been going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next week, we've got Matt from Firestone Brewery. And I got an idea about next week, John. Wait, wait, wait. I, I, wait. I, I, I have a Matt story then real quick. Oh, Matt, give it. Matt is one of my brewing heroes. Really? I, I love Matt. He's a cool guy. And he's a really cool guy. And you got to ask him. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll leave it as a cliffhanger. I'm not going to tell the story. Okay. Ask Matt why I call him Batman. Okay. And that if was you, on your lecture in Baltimore. Yeah. And if you uh, like in my, I'm looking at my cell phone right now. Yeah. And I'm going to go in the contacts, and I'm going to, you know, I don't have Matt Brennelson as uh, Matt. It's you got B Batman. as Batman. All right. <laughs> so you got to ask Matt next week why I call him Batman. Okay. And it's an awesome story. All right. So, I'll get that. And ask him about going into the uh, record store. He'll know what that story. He and I have done beer dinners together two okay. or three times. So we, uh, a lot, a lot of the stories have been shared, but right. uh, those are two really, and they're all kind of related. Okay. So. Good. We need good stories in here. Here's my idea about the Matt show. I have an idea too. You had said something about our topic of discussion with Matt. What what were you you told me a long time ago what you thought it should be? Hop chemistry. Okay. And um the Burton Union system fermenting an oak. Okay. I'm down with that. That's fine. But here's what I'm thinking also. Matt's traveling up from Paso Robles. Paso Robles. Okay. So I'm assuming he's not driving home that night, right? And I don't know what his accommodation situation is. Mm-hmm. I'd they, like to maybe I get a hold of him. Board, so if you okay. Need they've got they've got a uh, sales rep here in the East Bay, uh, Mark uh, Cabrera. Okay. He normally stays with. Okay. But um, well, because here's what I'm thinking: that the guy's not driving home either way. No. He's he's staying somewhere up here. Right. So we've had the hangover show, and the people in the chat room, and I've definitely gotten emails. People want us to have the drunken show. We haven't had an official. <laughs> Drunken show yet? Now, we, now not, you not two, officially, we, yeah. Doc and John, we, we succeeded the Belgian show. Yeah, but not drunk at all. We, we were very no, mellow and no. tasting. It's, we're, it's we're good. 
It's not the drunken show. John, next next time John, I will bring sissy. that in, but I, I have a big night ahead of me, that's yeah, why. <laughs> I was I was pretty mellow in what I was tasting. I was pouring you guys more. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm thinking that, that because our brewer might get to actually stay and, and hang after the show, it might be the perfect opportunity to do the drunken show. So I'm staying here, too. Uh, you will probably be staying here, too, unless you're riding your bike to the studio. I'll ride my bike. Yeah. And, and what I'm going to do, then, if we decide, and I, I want to contact Matt and see if he's down... Uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna have games for us throughout the show. It's gonna be a regimented drunken show. I, I don't mean that we're just gonna sit back and leisurely drink. I am gonna regiment the drunken so show. So we're gonna put the cones out in the street? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've, I've actually, I got a friend, uh, who's a, a CHP officer. I'm thinking we bring him in here and actually conduct sobriety tests throughout the show to, to, to really scientifically, you right. know, say where we're at throughout the show. And I'll, I'll get some beer games kind of thing. We'll have to, we'll actually have to finish a certain amount of beer by a certain amount of time throughout the show. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm going to really get to it. Doc, we're going to have to get you a ride home next week. I got to get me a ride home. Yeah. All right, we're going to work on that. Are you guys in? Do you think I'm in. It's a good idea? John? Let's do it. <laughs> I'll push my patient load right. back. There you go. Yes, ask if you can get a light load on Monday. Yeah, I wouldn't want you operating on Monday. God, I, I feel okay. bad for anybody yeah. who's in on Monday. I'm only going to do cleanings and minor fillings on Monday. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll sit in my office and wave. <laughs> All right. Then uh, as long as Matt's okay with it, if he's got a ride and all that, or, or if he's going to crash here, that'd be even better. Next week's going to be the drunken show. So I our listeners be, have been I'm, asking for it. I did a Firkin clone. Yeah? I, I, yeah, my attempt at his own Firkin clone, so I'll be bringing that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, again, if you want to send your beers to us, contact me. I'm on the feedback button on the main page or just justin at thebrewingnetwork.com, and we'd love to taste your beers on the air. It doesn't matter how many we get. We'll taste them all. Especially during the drunken show. Yes. All right. <laughs> I'll be bringing two and a half gallons of this Firkin clones. All right. Doc, I think you might have to bring beer next week, too, then. Okay. And then Matt's probably going to bring beer, I right? I soaked in this beer, too. Did you? Yeah. 40 degrees, four ounces of French oak. Yeah, Matt, Matt knows a lot about wood because they do the whole uh, the Firestone Burton system, uh, right. what mm-hmm. they call. And, I mean, they're doing several thousand barrels okay. a year in wood and then blending it back. You know, right. So they're... they're uh, uh, Double barrel. Okay. So he knows a lot about what well, it's everything opposite though. He'll talk about me going, you know, I'm looking for all these critters and funk and they have like alarms going off if you know, <laughs> yeah. they find yeah. bread or something in yeah. their barrels. Yeah. Daniela, did you get a measurement? Yes, I did. Do you want to grab the microphone real quick? Cause I think everyone in the chat room missed you today. Hi guys. Yeah. So he's not too big actually when he's 37.5. Ah, oh, okay. You're still the biggest dude here in the house. I am still the biggest dude in the house, which is weird. In the house. What are, what's wrong with you, Vinny? You're, you're not, tall. uh, you're not working hard enough. You're oh, traveling yeah. too yeah. much. Yeah. You should brew a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you need help, uh, uh, picking hops on Thursday, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Email me if you want to come help us. I'm thinking about it. So, if I can get off work, I, I might come that. help you. Yeah. yeah, it's at Moonlight Brewery. Uh, <laughs> so you'll be drinking Moonlight beer all day while we pick hops. Cool. And then at the end of the day, Brian takes his share of the hops into the brewery and brews his wet hop beer. And uh-huh. I uh, pop into uh, my brewery and do my wet hop beer. And then we call each other at like 2 in the morning. Ah, uh, yeah. Done. Okay. Daniela, are you working Thursday? You got you got work Thursday. I think actually I'm off Thursday. Huh? Maybe we should go pick some well, hops. Well, I'm not allowed. The INS would not allow me to pick hops. <laughs> you're, really? you're not doing it for profit. It's not part of your it visa. Doesn't matter. I'm not allowed to do any work beside my. It's work. not work. It's pleasure, baby. Uh, <laughs> if you say it's so, a, Doc. It's a hobby. 
I'm not getting paid. Uh, I think I actually have to work on Thursday. <laughs> uh, you get beer. Oh, it's, it's all right, barter. let's do it. It sounds beer like pain. fun. I got to get someone to cover my shift, but I think no. it'd be cool. It's barter. It's what barter. are you talking about? Yeah. That sounds good. Actually, you know, you were t- talking about this drunken show, yeah. and I'm supposed to work next Sunday, Yeah. but you should definitely have a girl in the studio, too, drinking with you. So yeah. I might call in sick on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So you I should. Can, yeah, I should. Why don't you just see if you can get someone to cover it right now? All right, I'll see if I get someone to cover. All right, yeah, we want you got to be involved in the drunken show, Daniela. Really, if I can't be involved, I'm going to be really bummed about that. Okay. But the chat room already thinks that you're going to bring it week anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even realize the quantities of beer that this man can drink. You are the king. I mean, so I'm glad they doubt you. If they want to talk sissy, they're going to be talking to Brewcaster John over there. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'll bring it home. <laughs> hey, Doc, uh, the chat room said uh, to tell you the chicks love the buttons you sent. Oh, that's excellent. Be I brought one here. I brought one uh, right there, a crotch wrap button. Oh, cool. I, I love his logo so much. That I you made it, it had to it? be made into buttons. <laughs> Very nice. Doc's our button guy. Yeah, he is. We got cool Brewing Network buttons. We got a button stuff. for Vinny, too. All right, cool. All right, so next week, Matt from Firestone, and it sounds like it's going to be the Drunken Show. A lot of good English uh, ales. Possibly archives available by Tuesday, kids. I'll see what I can do. I'm going to work all Does day, mo- all up, day tomorrow. Think? Yeah, except for the first uh, 15 minutes. You were it. talking <laughs> about website stuff. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We've been there, done that. We, we didn't get to the you. good stuff to the second segment anyway. What's this? Um, You're a wolf. Oh, and, uh, and the chat room wants us to get some strippers for the next show, which I'm totally willing to work on. Our I'm, girlfriends. I'm fine with that. I, I don't know. You can have your girlfriend strip. That's okay. fine. <laughs> you guys need a pole in here. <laughs> yeah. I've got no problem mounting a pole or, or mounting anything else for that matter. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, all right. Pole. All right. So strippers and beer next week. <laughs> Sounds Dumb. like. Okay. A lot done next week. Shape it yeah. up to be. Yeah. There's going to be uh, very little information given out next week. It's yeah. going to be a highly entertaining show, but I'm sure the information is going to be minute. Even yeah. though Matt knows a lot of stuff, we're going to be too drunk to get to it. Anybody no, that wants to chemistry? drive me home? <laughs> I'm just estimating. Volunteers? Yeah. We'll get you home. we got to get you home, Doc. So uh, you probably don't even. Cab. We'll have to pick you up, too, so that you know, so you got your car at home. All right. We're going to work all that out for next week. <laughs> Sound good? All right. All right, Vinny. Thank you again. You're That's, welcome. Uh, Thanks for having me. All right. Russian River Loved Brewing it. Company. You can go to uh, www.russianriverbrewing.com. You can get their beer there. You can get merch there. And you can contact Vinny there. He's They, the they have a cool website. Yeah, they do. So what? <laughs> <laughs> we do too. <laughs> All right. That's it then, huh, kids? Yes. All right. Thanks again, Vinny. Thanks, yep. We'll see you next week.